Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW All Out 2023 post-show right here on OTS. I am JD from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday mornings. Jesse's still on Sunday. Thank you guys for joining me wherever you may be. As always, joined by my... Very good friend and co-host for AEW, Jesse. He is here with us. He was supposed to be at a birthday party, but he decided to join us beautiful people here tonight, man. What's going on? Not much, man. Not much. Uh, yeah, I was able to move up the move up the plans a little bit, so I was able to watch the show. Yeah, you, you look a little sad over there, bro. Why, why are you crying over there? Yeah, man, it's just... 
You got the elite hat on, man. You, what, 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 what is it? What is it to be upset about? Nah, there's 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 nothing to be upset about, there's man. No, there's nothing to cry about. I mean, man. I mean, man. If there's anything that we should be uh, crying about, it's crying for excitement, man, or crying in excitement. This show was fucking incredible tonight. Absolutely pretty, incredible, man. It was damn good, man. It delivered as as always, you know. Yeah. Um. You know, I always, I say the same thing, man. You know, every time I used to watch the TakeOver shows, you know, when NXT had black and gold, I come on here, I do the review. It's like, what the fuck do I talk about? You know, it's like, it's so good. Like, what the fuck do you want me to talk about, man? I feel I feel like my bread and butter is when a show is terrible. Like, I can pinpoint what's so bad about the show and how they should fix it. It's like, when a show is this good, it's like, the fuck do you even? What do you talk about? Like, where, where do you where do you even start? So I want to I want to say this, and you know I'm glad Jesse's here because I'm fucking dying. I, I got no voice, yeah. and I, and I got I'm I'm suffering from fucking something, man. I don't know what the fuck it is. So I'm glad Jesse's here to kind of uh, even us out here. But I uh, I will say this, you know I know a lot of the community and. Jesse and myself included have given Tony Khan, you know, a lot of grief over the build for all in Jesse and I were there. We were lucky to be there. It was fucking great. Had a great time at Wembley and we gave Tony Khan a lot of grief about all out and the build for all out. Now, if you look on paper, Jesse, this show was a decent show on paper, but there were a lot of people who were, contemplating spending $50 and, and wondering if the show was worth $50. Uh, I, I will say this at the end of all of it. You know, I, I, think, I think we need collectively, we need to do collectively a better job at not doubting Tony Khan when it comes to this thing called pay-per-view. You know, every time he comes on pay-per-view, he always delivers in some way, shape, or form. He knows the roster that he has. We know the roster that he has and how great they are. This might have been one of the best in-ring performances from everybody. This might have been one of the best in-ring shows that AEW's put on all year. It might have been the most important show for AEW all year. And I say that because, and maybe you guys feel different. I feel like there was a renewed sense of focus from the roster. This is what I was just watching. This is just me speaking out loud from my own point of view. A renewed sense of focus for the roster, uh, I felt like it was them turning over a new leaf, them kind of starting over. Life after CM Punk. And I think this show pretty much proved to everybody, Jesse, that you know AEW is still going to thrive without Phil Brooks. And we don't really need that. And if the headache is gone and we continue to get shit like this, with a renewed sense of focus and a fucking roster that can't wait to go out there and perform like they did tonight, it might have been the best decision that Tony Khan fucking ever did in all five years of AW. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, I don't think we've ever, you know, discussed or or even, like, insinuated that any of their pay-per-views will suck. No. Granted, yes. We, um... We've been in the boat of the build have been lackluster. And that's still a fair assessment, man, because the build should be just as fun as the show. You know, like we said before, it's not it's not 
fair or fun to just be like, oh, who cares about the build? Because the show's going to be great. Oh, we, you can't do both, you know? And despite all of the the unfortunate incidents that's happened over the last week, you know, we've already pegged this show to be a complete clusterfuck in terms of build just because of its positioning on the calendar right behind All In. Yeah. Man, what we got was what we, you know, what we expected. You know, the talent to go out there and bust their asses to give us what we paid for. So, I mean, at the end of the day, in terms of the pay-per-view, I mean, you can't really complain, you know? No, I don't think anybody can complain about what we got tonight. I I thought everybody absolutely showed up to work, and I'm very proud of that roster. As a fan, I'm very proud of that roster. From top to bottom, this was an incredible show. The only down points of the show, honestly, this would have been... And I don't want to say it was better than All In because I personally have not gone back and watched All In on on TV yet. So I, 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 I all I have is my live experience for All In. Oh, I did. It was not better than All In. Okay, so nah. that that's that's Jesse's point of view. I seen some people saying it was better than All In tonight. I'm like, let's let's reel it in a little bit, okay? Um, the the the, the crowd and the ambiance has yeah. a tendency to add you know fifty percent value to a show like that regardless and like we just said a second ago that talent's never gonna let you down in the ring no no this, this this would have been this would have been a near perfect show for AEW minus two things one the Samoa Joe and, and Shane Taylor match you know I, I don't know why that was on the show uh, I don't know why Tony Khan opted to put that on the show. Samoa Joe needs to drop that television title and be moved to Collision or, or Dynamite. I don't know what the fuck they're doing, wasting him on Ring of Honor. That, that's number one. Number yeah. two, I would have loved if Orange Cassidy beat John Moxley tonight. I, I don't. I don't know. You you may you may be in a different camp. I know. I, I know. <laughs> You're looking at me like I'm fucking crazy. I, I, I Orange Cassidy to me. Orange Cassidy should have beat John Moxley tonight. I don't know. Yeah. I had to. I, I had this peg to be a. I had this peg to be <laughs> Brock versus Cena at SummerSlam. I thought this was gonna be a complete. It went just the way I thought it was gonna go, a complete slaughter. Well, I mean, he held his own. He held his it, own. It wasn't a complete bloodbath for Orange Cassidy. No, no, it wasn't like a squash. You know, he went out there and did his thing, but I was expecting at the end of the day for Mox to put a beat down on this guy, man, and. For my money, it's exactly what we got. I thought it was the the perfect. Why does why does Moxley need the international title? It's not about needing it. It's the, it's the fact that the match was booked. The match was booked at this point, bro. So so now we got to deal with the results, and the results should be Orange Cassidy should not be beating John Moxley in a fucking match. Well, I don't know. I mean, John Moxley could have lost. Orange Cassidy should have beat John Moxley tonight, and then go into a match with Takeshi. Takeshi should have ripped him to shreds. Bro, it's gonna be. It, it's been a long night for you. Been a, long, <laughs> been a long weekend. You're a little fuzzy. You know, I get it. You said you aren't. Yeah, man. I, I had. To, I okay. had a cup of Theraflu before I fucking uh, hit the live button, man. I'm sorry. Okay. You're a little cloudy in your judgment here, man. But we've all agreed in the past few weeks that this run has. It, it needs to come to an end, and finally, be getting a credible opponent to take it from this guy and keep him strong. And you're like, ah, I think. Uh, Moxie should have lost. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? <laughs> what? Well, I mean, you, you could see where John Moxley's stock is with Tony Khan. Every time there's a problem, especially a CM Punk problem, yes, John Moxley is right there 
ready and willing to take the ball, bro. I mean, he Tony Khan knows where his his tried and true is, and that resides basically in that Blackpool Combat Club. Brian Danielson and John Moxley, incredible, incredible men. And Tony Khan is very lucky to have both of those guys, man. Seriously. I, I, it, it brings me great joy to see Brian on my television every single fucking time. I love that man dearly. It, it was uh, so great to see him on TV tonight. Uh, I mean, I didn't really want to see him bleeding in a minute after his first match back after breaking his fucking, fucking arm. But um, what a match. What, what a match. about this earlier, man. Like, how in the hell was this guy not cleared to be at Wembley, a, a, a show that I know he would have killed to be at, but then when we have unfortunate circumstances and their backs are to the wall, one phone call, and this guy is not just ready to show up, but work in the manner that he did. But who you knows know? if he was 100%? Well, who knows if he was really, like, ready, ready, ready to go? Yeah, I know. We, we don't know. I mean, I hear you, man. That, that's what I'm wondering, because I know he wasn't taking the day off for Wembley. Maybe he's like, you know what? This guy fucked up. I'm going to come and fucking lend my services, you know? Because that's what I go, do. man. Mox is going to do it. Unbelievable. Oh, yeah. All weekend. All weekend, drinks are being served in the beer garden, man. 21 with a $100 super chat. He says, hey, JD and Jesse. He's yeah, wanted to pop out and say hello, and today is my first day off from work in over three months. Oh my I'm God. glad this day has come. I'm mentally and physically exhausted, so I'll be enjoying the whole day today. What the fuck do you do, 21? Are you? What do you do, bro? Are you a part of, like, the AEW investigative team or something? Jesus Christ, man. Listen, man, enjoy the fucking day. Labor Day, man. You got Labor Day off. Enjoy it. Pop open a cold beer and just relax. Sit in a pool somewhere. Unbelievable, man. Thank you for the $100 Super Jet 21 getting the party started here on the All Out 2023 post show. Um, we're going to go over this show, man. You know, I don't, again, we don't really want to sit here and dive into fucking holds and fucking headlocks and, you know, breaking these uh, these matches down move by move. We're going to give you our valid opinion of, of what we saw tonight, and I think I'm just going to go freehand with it. I got my fucking iPad with notes sitting right next to me. But, you know, in, in the in the uh, mindful eye of time here, because it's 1230 New York time, and I'm fucking tired, and it's been a long weekend. I did Payback. I did the Punk stream. I did fucking three streams yesterday. I, I'm uh, I, I'm basically burnt out, so... Me and Jesse are going to go over this show, and we appreciate you joining us right here on the podcast. And I want to start off by saying you guys know what to do, guys. Follow us on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Super Chats are open, as you saw with 21 donating the 100 in Super Chat. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. Make sure those memberships are in, too. You guys want to become a member right here on Off The Scripts. Hit that join button and become a VIP, man. You guys get emotes and badges and early content and all that cool shit. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. We got uh, over 2,000 in here already. I know some people are probably waiting for the fucking scrum to start, and then we'll 
We'll creep up in number. I don't know who's going to be on the scrum tonight. I'm sure we'll find out something. I but don't if, care. I'll watch it tomorrow. But uh, make sure you guys hit that thumbs up, man. Let's try for a thousand likes minimum right here on OTS. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed, man. There's plenty of content, man. There's no shortage of content here. Jesse and I were live immediately for an emergency OTS covering the CM Punk termination live when it happened, man. So go check that out. Some really great discussion there. It's kind of got uh, the fan base divided on who to blame and who should be fired and who shouldn't be fired. I did Payback yesterday. I did SmackDown yesterday. There's a bunch of shit. I'm going to have more content out tomorrow because there's a ton of CM Punk news coming out, especially one that Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net broke today, which is fucking ridiculous. Anybody think CM Punk is going back to WWE, man? No way. Not with this news. That story is messed up. I can't believe William Regal. Bro, who doesn't who doesn't like William Regal, bro? I like I mean, what is wrong with Regal? Doesn't he know <laughs> who he's messing with, bro? I don't know, man. It, it's man, he's got some mental issues, man. That's the only thing that I fucking took from that article. He's unhinged. Bro. He's unhinged. Bro, who does Regal think he is? Does he know who he's dealing with, bro? I don't know. I don't know. It's crazy. Uh, so, yeah, I'll have more content out for you guys tomorrow. So uh, make sure you guys go check all that stuff out. All on the homepage if you missed anything on the channel. Uh, Jesse, did you watch the Zero Hour pre-show? I absolutely did not. That part I could not get to, no. Okay. Well, we're not going to go over the Zero Hour pre-show. I watched two-thirds of it because I was sleeping through uh, 7 o'clock. I woke up at 7.30. So, uh wanted to get my nap in. I slept the day away trying to kick this fucking flu. But there was a battle royal. Adam Page won the battle royal. It was a 20-man over-budget charity battle royal. And the winner would donate $50,000 to a charity of his choosing. So Adam Hangman Page won that. And uh, I believe he was in there with uh, Brian Cage at the end. So uh, that was basically that. Cage and Page uh, were the last two there. And he eliminated Brian Cage to win that battle royal. The ladies of Ring of Honor had a match as well. It was Willow, Sky Blue, and Hikaru Shida versus Athena, Diamante, and Mercedes Martinez. Standard six-man tag there. And we got the ladies doing their thing there with Sky Blue getting a cold blue for the victory in Chicago. And then the acclaimed with Daddy Ass... Defended the trios championships against Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, and Satnam Singh. So we didn't really miss anything on the pre-show, Jess. Want to know what I found to be? I don't know. It's kind of funny when um, Hangman won, you know, in Chicago, and then you know they, you know, came with the booze, you know, of course. Yeah. Um, that match was for fucking charity, so he came out and announced that Hangman was the winner and that the money was going to a Chicago um, a Chicago school charity, something like that. Yeah. Literally forced the crowd to cheer Hangman winning the fucking Battle Royal. Well, I mean, those guys are not going to get cheered in Chicago. I mean, the, the Young Bucks were heckled all night, so... 
I know, man. You know, it, it, it is what it is. I mean, it is what it they is. They won't be back in Chicago until Thanksgiving. So my God, they, they got some. Soon. They got some time to, uh, you know, come back down and normalize themselves over in Chicago. Too soon. Stay out for a while. Let absence yeah. makes the heart grow fonder, bro. Yes, I, I, I agree. Uh, the show, the actual show started off with MJF and Adam Cole. Better than you, Bebe, against John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Evil Uno was with them. And MJF and Adam Cole were wearing matching Chicago Bulls number 23 style tag team shirts. And I was looking forward to this match based on the story obviously, of Adam Cole and MJF. And, you know, I wasn't too crazy about the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships getting thrown into this story. Uh, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I wasn't really too crazy about, you know, MJF and Adam Cole wrestling the Dark Order on this show. It just came out of a random battle royal. But, you know, I'm not going to put anything past the Dark Order. I mean, they're a very good tag team. I think John Silver's fucking great. And his offense is super explosive, and he makes a great, you know, uh, dynamic tag team partner for Alex Reynolds. And, and I love Evil Uno. And I think they're great. This match was very good, and it was it was built on on a on a old school premise, Jesse. It was a very old school tag team match. You know, not really all that you know out there considering MJF's influences. MJF got taken out of the match, man, and he sold the injury. The injury or the quote-unquote uh, kayfabe injury. He, he might be banged up for all we know. I'm sure he is. Um, the neck injury from All In came into play here, and he got taken out of the match for the majority of this match, and Adam Cole was basically a, a fucking sitting duck three-on-one for most of this match until MJF made his triumphant return uh, in the late stages of the match, and he hit all his signature moves. He hit the kangaroo kick. And he was going in there and just really popping the crowd with his, you know, over-eccentric baby face, you know, moves and moveset. So after he came back, you know, he got in there. He got the hot tag. Uh, Silver and Reynolds, let, let's, let's reel it in a little bit. Silver and Reynolds called uh, for and connected with a double clothesline for two. Reynolds grabbed the tag team title. Cole avoided Wiped both guys out. Crowd was chanting for MJF and basically on cue. MJF came back out, walked down the aisle. He stormed past doctors and he made the hot tag. He ran wild. He did a double eye poke, a double noggin knocker as, uh, you know, he's taking care of the dark order here. There was a little bit of a miscommunication by John Silver and Alex Reynolds, which led to a kangaroo kick. I don't, I don't know why we're doing the kangaroo kick, man. He's not fighting the Aussies anymore, but here we are. He uh, got the kangaroo kick. Crowd called for it. They loved it. They exploded. Uno ate a super kick on the apron because he tried to interfere. And the double clothesline came thereafter on Alex Reynolds and Adam Cole and MJF win what I thought was a very good open. And there were no shenanigans, Jesse. No uh, no hints of a, of a breakup or one turning on the other here. Just very straightforward, man. We're just going forward with Adam Cole and MJF. And I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. Yeah, you know, here's something that we never really talked about in regards to MJF and what he's doing in this current run, all right? So there are literally dozens upon dozens of professional wrestlers, you know, who are on TV and, in, you know, in this business who are trying their hardest to come up with 
things, you know, to help get them over as far as moves, you know, and things like that. So MJF is a fantastic example of, you know, it's almost like one of those, like almost like the rich, the rich gets richer because the guy is just already over as fuck so much to the point that it's not the move that get him over. He gets any move over the guy, him along with Cole got over a double clothesline and a ridiculous drop kick, you know, and get, get the, get the fans chanting for it and clamoring for it. We want the double close. We better see a goddamn kangaroo kick. Why? Why? Because MJF made this shit important to us. And that's what it's all about. It's not about the physical activity of the move. It's about how you make it important and how you sell it. And all it takes is one promo from these guys and they'll make a clothesline and a drop kick, a thing of beauty to a large crowd. We got 80,000 fans on Sunday screaming for a kangaroo kick and a double you, clothesline. What'll it be, 1985? You, you, you can't put just anybody in that role and ask them to get a fucking kangaroo kick over. It's not going to nope. work. Nope. You know, it, it's, it's, the, it's the person. It's the person that's getting that specific, you know, mannerism or, or move set or move over. And, yep. and MJF and Adam Cole have done that. And, you know, Jesse and I talked about this when we were live in London, and I want to reiterate it again tonight because, you know, last year, you know, MJF confronted CM Punk at the end of All Out 2022, and he returned as the devil. And we heard that Tony Khan phone uh, message at the end of the show, and CM Punk uh, had just beaten John Moxley for the world championship, and we were on a collision course to get those two in the ring, and that was supposed to be the big storyline and then Punk did what he did, like a fucking asshole, and basically ruined everything. You know, a, a lot of people are like, oh, I can't wait for MJF to turn heel again. And I, I, I have been convinced otherwise. I, I don't want MJF to turn back into a traditional, you know, Ric Flair, you know, old school 1980s heel where he comes out and, and he's shitting on the crowd and he's making fun of the fucking people and calling them virgins and all that stuff. We can always get back to that. That's easy. That's easy for him to do. We know he easy. can do that very well. He yeah. does that better than anybody. The thing is, he's gotten so over as a babyface and so believable as a babyface that I want to see him continue on this because Adam Cole in this story, if Adam Cole doesn't beat MJ, this is just me speaking out loud. This is just me, you know, watching pro wrestling for as long as I have giving you what I feel. If Adam Cole doesn't beat MJF in this storyline and turn on MJF, what the fuck are we doing here? Honestly. Yeah. I feel like Adam Cole turning heel, winning the championship, and, and then creating this devil, MJF, yeah. who is still a baby face, but is, is I want to say, reminiscent of the MJF that we miss, the heel MJF. It's very similar to what Stone Cold, and when Jesse and I talked about this in London, very, very reminiscent of what Stone Cold and The Rock did. I mean, they were yeah. never heels. They were never baby faces. They were just fucking Dwayne and, yeah. and Steve Austin. That's what, we, that's what we need MJF to be. I feel like this is all kind of bringing MJF up to, up to a plateau where he's going to be at that level. He's going to be MJF, but he's going to be the sympathetic devil. People are going to fucking want to cheer him and revere him, and he's going to be that fucking prick that we love. And he's going to have his heart fucking stabbed by Adam Cole 
And that's what's going to be the turning point here. So I feel like when this is going to reach its climax, that Adam Cole needs to beat MJF for the world championship. That's just me. You might be right. You might be on to something, man, because right now, unfortunately, there is a little bit of a void in the babyface column at the top of the fucking card. Yeah. Um, not something that can't be filled. Something that, you know, it's not something that can't be filled by Brian, by an Omega. Yeah. But um, MJF is the future of AEW and pretty much just the future of this business. So um, what a spot, what an opportunity, you know, to to flex his his versatility and show us his range as, as to what he can do as far as his character and his gimmick. Um, it's pretty much locked down and certified. There is no better heel in this current industry right now than Maxwell Jacob Freeman, period. When he's on as a heel, no one is better. No. So the discussion is, can he do it as a baby face? Well, well, he, well he's doing it. Let's see. He's let's already see. on his way. He's, he's poised. He's one good, one good turn from Adam Cole away. I'm going ahead and going full-fledged babyface, you know? And like you said, it'd be more like the form of a a rock or an Austin, more like a tweener. Yeah. But I said before, a tweener babyface is yeah. the, the closest you're going to get to a babyface yeah. MJF. And I'll yeah. take that. You know, CM Punk being fired may have been the best thing that happened to MJF because he's going to, he's like, he just, he just made more money than he's ever going to make in his entire life from Tony Khan. Because Tony Khan needs to realize now that when CM Punk is fired, and, and, and that problem is gone, that uh, MJF needs to be the guy. He is the guy. Like, he's we all know he's the guy. And he needs yeah. to be paid like the guy. And, and Tony Khan needs to fucking shell out whatever he needs to to keep MJF. That is the face of this company. That is the number one guy for this company for years and years and years to come. And with CM Punk fired, Tony Khan needs to realize that. You know, you could, you could sit there and say John Moxley and, and Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega and all those guys. That's great. But MJF is going to be there and... He's going to be there 50, 50, yeah, 52 yeah. weeks out of the year. So that's I mean, that. It, 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 the guy is, the guy's what, 26, 27 years yeah. old, man. Yeah. I mean, not only pay the guy, but don't let off that gas pedal. Don't be content no. in, in the great work that he's doing. I don't, I don't think he's hit his, he, he hasn't hit his peak, man. He's peak. There is. We there's no way for us to tell right now how far this guy can go in this business at his current trajectory. I mean, he's earned the right to work a Roman Reigns type light schedule. Yeah, he has earned the right to make Roman Reigns type money. The guy is 27 years old. He is literally, literally in all circumstances, the 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 Roman Reigns of AEW. Yeah. So, um. They've got something special here, man. Don't let off that gas. Don't stop it. Don't stop that gimmick from evolving, from getting better, from trying different things, because clearly the guy is not going to fail at anything you give him gimmick wise. Um, I think he proved in 2023 that he is just as good as anybody you want to put him in the ring. with. I think Brian Danielson, I mean, gave him a nod of approval in that Iron Man match right there. That, that yeah. That's it. That sealed the deal. Yeah. So. I mean, he 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 has it all. You you've got to give that man the 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 key to the kingdom and let him just lead you there, man. He's 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 didn't, what you need. Didn't you feel he was kind of running around in circles as well as a heel, man? You know, he he obviously he's he was the best heel in the business, 
But yeah. it, like storyline wise, he just kept kind of doing the same thing over and over again. It, it, it was tough to find something new for him to do. Right. Uh, th- right. Th- this this was a, a welcome breath of fresh air here. So, yeah, I, you know, th- this worked out to be fucking a wonderful thing for AEW. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, we could sit here and, and praise both Adam Cole and MJF for the entire show. But uh, I thought this was a great way to open the show. And I feel with what happened next, they're kind of alluding to something maybe for Grand Slam. And my eyebrows raised up, and I'm like, holy shit, what are we, what are we doing here, man? Are we really going to venture down this road and do something like this? Samoa Joe all of a sudden starts walking out and getting ready for his match with Shane Taylor. He's <laughs> defending the Ring of Honor TV Championship. He's walking up the ramp, uh, is MJF, and Samoa Joe shoves MJF. <laughs> now, the meme or the gif online is you see Samoa Joe holding the NXT Championship, and he shoves a young Max, who was a security guard at the time, away in the gift that you see floating around on Twitter. So we did a little throwback to that, and I'm like, what the fuck are they doing? So MJF all of a sudden rushes to the ring. He starts brawling with Samoa Joe. He gets choked out. Referees, agents, and security start pulling these guys away, and no. that's it. You see the smirk on Joe's face as he walked away, too? It, it was, he, he, he took a towel, he started wiping his sweat off. He's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you know, what phone. is this guy going to do to me? You know? <laughs> so uh, Samoa Joe, Shane Taylor, I, I mean, t- to be brutally honest with you, uh, I, I, I don't give a fuck. I, I, I really don't give a shit about the Ring of Honor brand or the Ring of Honor TV title. Love Samoa Joe. Uh, I think they are wasting him away, holding that championship. He should be on at Dynamite Collision uh, Weekly, and I think he should uh, he should have dropped that title to Shane Taylor tonight, to be quite honest with you, so they move him back to the AW brand. He ended up beating Shane Taylor here, and um, how it happened was with a coquina clutch. So Shane Taylor tapped out, and that was basically it. Don't really give a shit. I'm not going to dive too much into the match. I was not a fan of the match itself. Not a fan of the Ring of Honor brand. But the key thing here is, Jesse, after the match was over, MJF took to Twitter and said, I'm not the same kid that I was in Brooklyn, motherfucker. Game on. Oh, yeah. Love it. <laughs> Love to see it. I don't I don't mind. And then I don't Samoa, mind. Samoa Joe tweeted, too. Let me find because I think you'll appreciate Samoa Joe's tweet. I like that. Uh, I got to find what it said. Um, hold on. You look for that. I don't, I don't mind... Joe holding on to the title right now because oh. clearly they have big plans for Joe. And like you said, who watches ROH? Who gives a shit? If he's an absentee TV champion for ROH, who gives a shit? If he pops in there once in the blue moon to make an appearance with that title, fine. Great. But I think Joe is on a trajectory to be the top villain in AEW as Max is on his way to being the top babyface. Yeah, I like that a lot. Samoa Joe said, a little celebration music for tonight's Big W, and then he links a YouTube video to Ludacris Move Bitch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get out the way. <laughs> Move, bitch. Oh, Get my out the God. Way. Now, what are they... What are they what are they planning for, man? I don't know. We got this uh, this Grand Slam Eliminator tournament. Roddy's already thrown his name into the hat for this tournament. Uh, do we see Samoa Joe in the tournament, winning the tournament, and getting Samoa Joe versus MJF at uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium? 
Is that a possibility? I, I, the thing is, I don't know how they, how they value what they have and what they're brewing right now with Max and MJF, uh, Max and MJF, with uh, with Max and Joe. So, is it something that you're just trying to build for the next pay per view, or is it something that we are planting seeds for, for a mega confrontation a little bit further down the line? Is this is this MJF's next long term story being told? So when after, you know, possibly when Cole turns on him, you know, and maybe Cole does take the title, you know, and then Max got to start his chase. And his chase at the bottom starts with going back after Joe and dealing with the ROH title. Max, hit, like I just said, he's 27 years old, bro. And if from all accounts, it looks like he's about to turn babyface. Why not give him a little chase? I was on the on the boat of having them have a long epic reign, but it seems that long term plans may have shifted or changed over the last week or two. Yeah. So so if they want to turn into a baby face and have them chase, I'm okay with that. Revisit um, Cole down the road, let Cole go on his little venture with the world title, and he can do remarkable things with that with Roddy in his corner, and hopefully a Kyle O'Reilly coming back, and another undisputed yeah. era. So. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, we could be way off. Maybe the plan is still for Max to hold on to that title for the foreseeable future. I'm okay with that as well. But I, I can't, I, I don't want to miss a, a Joe MJF feud, man. Please give me that. Yeah, I'm very much interested in that. That's very intriguing. Yeah, I didn't think they'd have uh, the creative to do that so soon or if that was even a plan. But, you know, you're throwing that in my face. You know, sign me up. Yeah, man, no, I, I love uh, I love Samoa Joe and a match with MJF, and that could be very intriguing. So uh, we'll definitely keep an eye on that. And Samoa Joe uh, retains the Ring of Honor TV Championship against Shane Taylor. The TNT Championship was on the line against um, our, uh, Luchasaurus. Uh, he put the title up against Darby Allen. He was out there with Christian Cage, was Luchasaurus, and Darby was there with Nick Wayne. And I said this after the match was over tonight, Jesse. I thought this was a great match. Darby looks fucked up. Darby had a lot of uh, a lot of tape on his back. He had uh, documented that he's pretty fucking banged up from the coffin spot at All In with uh, Swerve and Sting. So he is coming into this banged up. And I said this on Twitter. The TNT Championship, for the first time in, I can't even fucking remember, finally feels like it's on the right path to being, I don't want to say fixed, but it's, it, it's, it's on its way to being a fucking championship, you know? I don't want to say it's, it's getting to the point of being important again, but it's on its way to being, you know, a title that is somewhat respected. Because Christian Cage right now, with what he's doing and the work that he's doing, I feel like as soon as they put the title on him, he's been doing some of the best work. Christian Cage right now is doing some of the best work in all of pro wrestling. And if oh, you don't, yeah. if you don't, if you don't think that, then I don't think you're really paying close enough attention. He he is fucking great at his age. He is doing fucking absolutely incredible. So with him and Luchasaurus, I love the pairing, and a match with Darby tonight. You know, typical big man versus small man, David versus Goliath. This was a very good match, man. I don't know what you thought of this, but this was uh, down the stretch a really great match. Yeah, man, I like. You know, 
I don't think there was, I mean, at least for me, there was never a doubt of what kind of match that Christian Cage and Darby can put on. So we knew that was going to be good. Um, well, what would we get? Um, Luchasaurus, sorry. I mean, but, you know, same deal. Um, I'm so interested in this story, though, like, what with, with Christian Cage doing things like defending the fucking TNT title. You know, I mean, it leaves the door open just so many different things that you can do. You can put him in a high-profile match, have him lose the match, and then come out and go on record and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Luchasaurus is the TNT champion, not me. So you don't get the title. You didn't beat Luchasaurus. You know, it's it's just so many cool things they can just fucking do with him as a heel and proclaiming himself as the TNT champion. You know, something something better and more interesting than just Luchasaurus finally gets angry and turns on him and wants his title back. I mean, we know that's coming at some point, but my God, the, the amount of fun they could have with this, man. And I'm enjoying it right now. I, I did not foresee this when we when we got Christian Cage. No. And he's given us a very nice blend of his character work and his in-ring work. It's not too much. It's not all the time. And the spots we get it seems to be perfect spots, man. So uh, uh, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, some people in the chat are saying Christian Cage just re-signed with AEW. That that's that's a, a no-brainer. I mean, I mean, I if, mean if you're Tony Khan, I mean, I don't know what the fuck you're doing there. Uh, I mean, bro. that that's a great move. Number one, number two. Where's he gonna go? Edge just left WWE. Uh, well, yeah, where's he gonna go? His friend, <laughs> is pro- his friend, his best friend is probably coming over here more than likely. Yeah. Um. So uh, Christian. You know what works for Christian, bro? You know, it, it's, it's the fact that, you know, he just, he's got the face of a prick. He looks like a fucking prick, which fucking is great. Turtlenecks. Yeah, and the outfits. It's genuinely the outfits. It's the turtlenecks and those fucking prick-looking leather jackets he wears. Yeah. It's like, you know, he's out there looking like like he's, you know, he, people call him father of the year. Like, you know, <laughs> he's got he's got that gimmick, man. It just, it just works so fucking beautifully for a pro wrestling match, man. It's, it's so good. So this match with Luchasaurus and Darby was really good stuff here. Darby banged up. Um, Luchasaurus hit a spinning side suplex uh, and a wild headbutt on Darby Allen, who charged in. After a chokeslam attempt, Allen backflipped out, hit a springboard crossbody. Allen tried to follow up uh, a crossbody off the top rope and bounced off Luchasaurus. Allen started battling back. He set Luchasaurus up on a chair outside. He did a somersault dive from the top to the floor and basically missed Luchasaurus on the way down. He clipped Luchasaurus enough to avoid uh, whatever disaster was awaiting him uh, with this spot. There was a beautiful spot. I forgot to uh, I forgot to mention this. There was a spot early in the match where Luchasaurus put the steel steps on Darby Allen's back, and that's been the the issue. Darby's back is fucked up. Put these steel steps on Darby's back and started walking up the steel steps with every step just putting more and more pressure on Darby Allen's back. So clearly they made that an issue here in the match. So after the big dive to the outside, Luchasaurus uh, almost hit a torture rack backbreaker. Allen counted it into a beautiful crucifix bomb. He then goes up top. He wanted a coffin splash, but Luchasaurus caught him and into a release German, and it dropped Darby right on the fucking top of his head, man. I'm like, holy shit. And that was not only uh, the only instance in this show 
was I mean, there were there were a couple of spots where people were being dropped on their heads like fucking crazy. I'm like, holy shit, man. It's like, well, what is it what is it with AEW talent wanting to be dropped on their fucking head? Seriously, man. It's crazy. Ew. So uh he got dropped right on his head. Cage demanded he goes over to Nick Wayne and he starts waving a fucking towel in his face. Yeah, hey, why don't you just throw the towel in? You know, <laughs> your guy's done. You just just you know, call it quits for him. So he demanded Wayne to throw in the towel, who was uh, basically locked in a torture rack. Darby Allen was by Luchasaurus. Allen flipped free, wiped Cage out with a fucking missile-like tope to the outside. And he gets back into the ring. He gets caught by Luchasaurus again. Allen starts biting Luchasaurus. Hits an avalanche code red off the top rope, which... I thought it was the end of the fucking match. Luchasaurus did not kick out, but the referee stopped his three count because it wasn't the planned ending for the match. Luchasaurus, I don't know what happened there. Maybe he was knocked out. Maybe he forgot that he had to kick out. He kicked out like after he, he he kicked out after the ref stopped, and it was visually you can see when the kick out happened, and you could see the ref stop the count first. That's when the crowd started booing. Yeah, the crowd started booing. Rick Knox had to pull back his three counts. Allen then went back up top. Cage clocked Wayne with a chair shot in the back, and Cage says he was going to hit a concerto to Allen. Uh, Luchasaurus cut Allen off in the corner, and then he hits multiple tombstone pile drivers. The last time I saw a tombstone pile driver, man, I don't know who was it. It's uh, Kane or The Undertaker. Oh, no, MJF usually does the tombstone. I don't want to see Luchasaurus ever do a tombstone pile driver ever again. These were ugly looking tombstone pile drivers. They were safe as long as they were. They they were safe, yes. As long as that head doesn't go through, (laughs) yes, I'm okay, man. Ugly looking tombstones. He gets up. He hits snake eyes. So clear Undertaker influence here, and then a lariat to the the AEW confirmed, bro. There you go. It's bad enough that they gave uh, Luchasaurus Kane like theme music. So uh, (laughs) I guess they got to play up the whole fucking gimmick even more so. Uh, so Snake Eyes lariat to the back of the head, and that was enough to retain the title. That was that was what finished Darby Allen off. Uh, post-match, Cage threw Wayne into the ring and, for- and forced him to watch uh, as he was about to concerto Darby Allen. Sean Spears and a bunch of other guys from the back, Ethan Page, Action Andretti, Trent Beretta, Sean Dean came out there and they made the save. So uh, Christian and Luchasaurus bailed and did not get their concerto. I don't know, maybe people were expecting Edge to come out and make the save. No, come on, man. What the fuck is wrong with wrestling fans? Dude? I don't know, man. People were like, oh, hey, that's a great spot for Edge to come back. Okay, all right. So now do they understand that he can't come back and he, uh, come in and he won't be coming in until he can? No, they'll be looking for him for the next Dynamite, won't they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Wednesday. He's not going to be in until uh, at least October. He may show up on that uh, that Wrestle Dream show. We don't know. Again, it, it depends on how petty WWE is. If he's still under contract currently right now, they could fi- they could legit fire him an hour before his contract ends, bro. Yeah. And stick him with a 90-day non-compete clause. They yeah. really could if they wanted to. And I kind of expect it, to be honest. But the TNT title stays with Christian Cage and Luchasaurus. Darby, uh, I mean... After what we saw with Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen, I think uh, a couple months off for those two gentlemen is uh, well worth it. So they yeah. uh, they need to go and uh, heal up because they've basically killed themselves in the last week or so. Miro. More Miro on my television, I say. 
Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs, man. You talk about two meaty men, bro. Two big hosses. This was the big hoss match that we have asked for, man. I was not anticipating this to be as good as it was. I was anticipating AEW to give these guys maybe five, six minutes, have them go in there, do their thing, couple of big power moves, boom, boom, boom. See you later. But, man, these guys went in there and got 15 minutes plus. This was a great fucking match, man, where the crowd was big time into this with chants of this is meaty, holy meat, slap the meat, meat forever. I mean, (laughs) Chicago went crazy for this match, man. And, you know, with the absence now and the firing of CM Punk, this is the type of fucking talent. Miro, Powerhouse Hobbs, that you need to feature regularly on TV. And with the return of C.J. Perry to television, it looks like Miro is going to have some sort of a, of a, of a storyline on television now. So I thought this was fucking fantastic, man. This was probably one of the better matches of the entire night. Yes. Did she get a graphic? Let me see if she got a graphic. I don't, I don't, know, I don't know if she got a graphic. Let me see if she got a fucking graphic. But yeah. We've been asking for it. And of course, of course, they have to make it this issue where they're not together yet. I mean, I don't know what the fuck they're doing here. I mean, Miro somehow did not approve of of CJ coming out or some shit. Well, Miro still has uh, images of Bobby Lashley in his mind, bro. Yeah, man, he remembers that cuckold. Remember that BBC (laughs) he was taking, bitch? Hold on, that's not... He remembers Vince McMahon cucking him, bro. I mean, what the fuck? I remember. What are you doing? (laughs) Yo, your wife is going to be in bed with Bobby Lashley, pal. Yeah, but CJ is only going to make uh, Miro's gimmick better. That's it. It's it's, it's only yes. going to get better. Yes. This was a very good match. Uh, super happy that AEW gave these two guys to really tell a great story, and the crowd loved it. The crowd ate every bit of it. Uh, so we'll pick it up here. Uh, Hobbs missed a big corner splash, and the action kind of spilled to the outside for the first time in the match. Miro met him with a big senton off the apron. Miro then drove Hobbs into the railing. Hobbs started slapping Miro on the face, and Tried uh, wearing him down. Miro fought back. They're back in the ring. Miro's coming back as both men uh, repeatedly colliding into each other. Crowd started chanting, meet, meet, meet. I don't I didn't know what the fuck they were chanting. I had, to, I had to go online to see what they were chanting. They were chanting, meet. Two meaty men. So Rose says, meat is all elite. Yes, I saw that. <laughs> so Miro hit uh, a succession of lariats. Hobbs, he was not going to go down. Until Miro wound up dropping him. Miro channeled his uh, his inner Sheamus here. He did the 10 beats across uh, Hobbs's chest. And he hit a front face suplex on Miro in return. Hobbs went up top. Miro cut him off. Hit a big superplex. Crowd went crazy after the superplex. Miro hit his thrust kick. He missed the second. Hobbs hit a spinning power slam for two. And... Hobbs is coming back with a couple more lariats. Miro mowed him down with a lariat and a thrust kick. Miro then called for game over. Hobbs was able to power out, and Miro, he was driven into the corner by Hobbs. Hobbs caught Miro leaping with a spine buster for a very close two count. Hobbs tried game, uh, tried game over, but Miro answered with a spine buster of his own, 
And game over, locked in by Miro, and Hobbs tapped out. So powerhouse Hobbs loses what I thought was a great match here. Miro gets the win. Post-match, both men shook hands until Hobbs attacked Miro from behind. Miro knew that uh, he shouldn't have trusted him because he turned his back right before the uh, the handshake. He shook his hand and then walked away and then looked back at him like, bro, I just shook your hand. And then, uh, and then he started walking away, and Hobbs clotheslined him from behind. So all of a sudden, we see a graphic on the big screen that says, Hot and Flexible. Is that her name? Hot and Flexible was on the big screen. So I'm like, it what never the fuck is this? People, people cheered. They were going crazy. I'm like, who the fuck is this? And then all of a sudden, Lana, or you know, WWE's Lana, CJ Perry, hit the ring. Big ovation. She's got a steel chair, and she gets in the ring and smacks Hob, Hobbs in the back with a steel chair, which he no-sold. Hobbs Wait, turned, she, she stopped and had to pose first. Oh, yes. That, yes. I, how could I forget? She, she posed yes. on the ramp while yes. her husband was being choked out by Hobbs. Yeah, she yes. Jeff Hardy'd him. Yes. You know, so. So she gets in the ring, and she smacks Hobbs in the back with a steel chair. He no-sold it. Hobbs turned his back enough for Miro to recover and hit a chair shot to both the back and the head of Hobbs. Perry smiled at Miro. Miro did not know what to think of it and left her in the ring yelling, she's not real. She's not real. Okay. What does that mean? I don't know, man. Sounds like that lady on the fucking airplane. That's fucking scene, plane. That, 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 right. scene, that, that's all the lizard guy. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> He's not that motherfucker real. is not real. I'm like, okay. All right. I'm real, bitch. I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. With what she was wearing, she looked very real to me. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he meant that she had some plastic surgeries, and <laughs> it's not all real. I, I don't know. I, oh, I don't come know. on, man. Let's be nice. Come on, man. We kid. We kid. I don't know. He, she, she's not real, man. What, what is, what does this mean? You know, he can, can he be? Can he not be a redeemer with his wife? When he came back, he said that he no longer worshipped his hot, flexible wife or something like that, right? It's, 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 he let his God go, and he, she, she changed a few things. But um, I don't know. I don't know where this is going. It doesn't make any sense to me right now, but I don't know. I'm sure it'll be explained on some level or another, but for right now, I'm just happy she's there. I think his gimmick is it's not that it needed her, but his gimmick is going to improve with her. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I'm looking forward to it, man. As long as Miro's got something, you know, going on on television, I'm fine. Like, yeah. get him on television. I mean, I seen the graphic under his nameplate. Miro is 3-0 in 2023. 3-0. and That's it? We're, we're, we're fucking into September. He's 3-0. and What the fuck are we talking about? He's got three Wait, matches. Wait, when did he come back? He just came back, though. He, he just, just came back. Came. Yeah, he just came. I guess when collision started, right? All right. All right. I yep. mean... But still, I mean, he wasn't injured. He just came back, though. I don't know. Hopefully putting this record up, putting this record up, reminds us that he was grossly, you know, grossly misunder, uh, misused, underused. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully, uh, this leads to some storyline development for Miro. Uh, very excited to see where this goes. Will it happen on Dynamite or Collision? I don't know. Uh, you know, he he was on Collision. That's one of my biggest questions now with Punk being gone. Is Collision going to remain? You know, the same? Is there still going to be a soft brand split? I don't know. A lot of questions with Collision and how it's going to come off. I don't want it to be just another uh, dynamite extension. 
I quite enjoyed it being something different than Dynamite, but, you know, those are uh, questions for a different day, I suppose. Well, we, we did get reports that, you know, TK is 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 telling Warner Media that the soft brand split was, for all intents and purposes, over. Yeah, it may it may be over, and you know they may have wanted it to be over, but I do think that it would still benefit AEW in some way. I really do. You know, just because of the loaded roster and the fact that you can't get everyone on on Dynamite, you know, you should split the rosters uh, between the two shows. Uh, I think it would just be better television. Honestly, I don't know. That's just me. No, I agree. I actually agree. Chris Statlander. She went one-on-one and defended the TBS title against Ruby Soho. Uh, these two ladies had the task of following what was a hot match with Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs. And it started a little a little rough, started a little slow. And uh, both ladies actually put together a decent little match here, Jesse. I don't know what you think of uh, your girl Statlander tonight. Hey, man. I don't. I, for me, it's never been about the in-ring work for Stat. Um, that's always been there, and I know she's, you know, she's she's taking things a little bit more careful in the ring. You know, dealing with double, you know, knee issues. But even still, in that regard, it's never about the in-ring work. For me, it's all about it's all about her booking and her creative and the women. It's not just Statlander. And for the most part, the you know the women just don't seem to get anything interesting in regards to their creative no you know and and they're left to only get their character and their situation over in the ring and and that's just not enough they don't get enough time for that man so um it's never been about the ring work it's it's always been fine and it was fine tonight i just want to see something interesting happen you know she won the match great how about a returning feud how about somebody coming jumper from behind how about give me something that makes me say I want to see what happens next with Chris Statlander because that's what I want to say, you know? Yeah. I want to enjoy Chris Statlander. So, I mean, and it, it this seems to happen with all new champions in AEW. They seem to just go on this downfall. Uh, I mean, what was stop. what was the story for this match? I mean, I, I think I heard Excalibur say the story here was uh, Chris Statlander has never beaten Ruby Soho at any point in her career. I'm like, all, all right, like, why was this match made? Yeah. Did, did Ruby have anything to do with Chris Statlander? No, see, I don't, I mean, I don't care. Ruby has been stuck in this vortex of the outcast of us just not giving a crap about what they're doing. Then all of a sudden we found out she's undefeated against Chris Statlander. Well, that's a great statistic and all, but again, but what if you don't what, care. What do they have to do with each other on AEW television? Have they even yeah. crossed paths? Nope. Nope. I, I mean, I if they have. very weird. Know. If they it's have, it's what, been a week. I mean, look. If, if, if you're wondering, like, what exactly I'm talking about, look at MJF and look at Cole. I mean, and, and look at the layers upon layers and the storytelling being done there. We want something along the lines of that. It doesn't have to be that intricate, but at the same time, it, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be simple and just, here's a storyline, take it and be done with it. We can start this by stop hot potatoing titles. Titles get hot potatoed way too much. The longer you have one set of, one champion or one set of champions, the more we care about the titles and the easier the storylines can progress. So there's a way to start. Um, give us some kind of, give us some kind of interest in the feud other than I want to be champion and she has the title. That's it. Yeah. You know, can you do anything better than that? I mean, give me something, you know, I mean, 
uh, I don't know, Julia Hart is a part of the, of, you know, I mean, give me Julia Hart messing with the best friends along with House of Black and things like that. And maybe that can spark a few, something like, give, just give me something of interest other than she has a title and I want it because that gets boring after that match quickly. Ruby Soho hasn't won a championship in 13 years. That was the story. That's a, that's what that's what the chat says. It's, it's, it's criminal, but at the same time, the answer is not just give her the title. You know, if that's going to be the story, take it and run with it. You know, turn her baby face over the course of a, of a little bit and have that become her motive and her ambition and her goal and run with it. And then when she finally gets that first win at a big stage, my God, people will cry. Yeah. You know, you just got to make us care. So the ending of this match, which is basically all I'm going to uh, go into with you guys, uh, that was the most important thing here. Soraya was out there with the AW Women's Championship, and she was obviously in the corner of Ruby Solo. The outcasts, for now, were still together. Soraya ripped up some fans' signs at ringside, and Soho was cut off by Statlander in the ropes. She hit uh, an avalanche tour of the islands, did Statlander for two. Statlander got a fireman's carry, but Soho turned uh, that into a Poison Rana, a DDT, and then a low Hurricane Rana. That was actually a nice little offensive burst there by Ruby Soho. I was actually quite impressed with that. Uh, Statlander was able to hit a blue thunderbomb, and Soraya started trash talking, which allowed Soho to hit a no future and a destination unknown. I thought this was the end of the match. Statlander ended up kicking out. Soraya took the ref. As Soho wanted to use the spray paint. So Soho has the spray paint. All of a sudden, Tony Storm crawls out from underneath the ring in one of those little gowns that she wears. And she takes the spray paint from Ruby Soho and starts spraying it on the outside, kind of mim- uh, you know, mocking her. And this led to Sunday Night Fever by Statlander on Soho for the win. And she retains the TBS championship. So... This ending, Jesse, not only did we see Statlander retain the TBS championship, hopefully she gets some sort of story moving forward. We can only hope. But I think this is now solidified that Tony Storm, with her new gimmick, is now out of the outcasts, and we may be getting Tony Storm versus Soraya lined up for Soraya's first feud as women's champion. Good. I'll take it. You know, breaking up that faction is is the first positive step in getting some good things going with the women so yeah i'll definitely take that i mean i there was i mean i no one i don't think anyone had any immediate you know wants and wishes for Soraya in that title so if we're going to put tony storm back into the mix that's fine my only thing is tony storm just had the damn title she did she just had the title i mean come on what are we doing with athena you know, Willow, you know, where's Mercedes Martinez? You know, where's Serena Deep? I mean, Tony just had the title. Yeah. Just had the title. I, and to be honest, I would rather see Soraya in a match with someone else. And maybe at some point when it's time for her to lose it, have Tony Storm cost her that match. And then they have something to feud over that doesn't involve the title. And then you can move on to the title uh, and everything else. I don't know, man. I'm still, I'm still struggling to f- to find any interest at all with Soraya even being the champion. They got to make us, they got to make us believe, man. You know, I don't think they're going to do it. That's the thing, yeah. you know, Soraya versus Tony Storm. 
on paper sounds like a decent match. I, I just don't know how it's going to be executed and if it's going to come off being something worthwhile. I, I, I don't know. You know, I and, if, you. and if Tony Storm wins the championship again, we're, we're right back to where we were before she dropped it to Sheeta. It's like, yep. <laughs> it's like we're, we're just going around in circles, man. It's like we're going right back to the beginning all over again. I, I, I 100% agree, man. I mean, nothing's interesting, you know. It, it's like I'm just waiting for Mercedes to come on in, and hopefully she takes the championship, and we could just end this. Just give it to her. Let her let her keep it. You know. Yeah, go 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 take it to another promotion somewhere. Really? <laughs> Brock Lesnar, it you know. Brian Danielson. He was not even supposed to be on this show. This match was supposed to be for CM Punk and Ricky Starks in a strap match. All of a sudden, Punk gets fired. And Tony Khan calls his tried and true, Brian Danielson. Hey, yo, Brian, I need you for all out. Can you do the strap match with Ricky Starks? I genuinely felt bad for Ricky Starks, bro, because when Punk got fired, he was the one that suffered the most because they did this entire storyline where he was suspended for 30 days, then they cut it down to 28 so that he could wrestle it all out. And then Punk gets fired, and they bring in Ricky Steamboat, and he's standing there with no fucking opponent. Everybody thought it was going to be Ricky Steamboat. The Dragon Ricky Steamboat in a strap match against Ricky Starks. But the contract stated that it wasn't the Dragon Ricky Steamboat. It was the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Right. He, sh- he showed up tonight. And, you know, like you said earlier, it- it's amazing how we heard reports about him not being medically cleared for at least three, three and a half months after breaking his arm at Forbidden Door. And if he was ready to go this soon, why wasn't he at all all in? You know, it's like, it's very weird. Like, yeah, like, I don't want to ask questions because I'm just glad he's back in general. But, you know, maybe it's a creative thing. Maybe Tony didn't want to put him on the show because he didn't have anything creatively ready for him. I don't I don't know. Maybe he was ready to go and Tony didn't have anything for him. Uh, Does Tony Khan feel like the kind of guy to you that had access to Brian Danielson at Wembley and decided to not use him, though? I don't know, man. I mean, it, the, the rumor was Brian versus Omega. You know? Maybe he wasn't ready for that. I, I have no idea. I, I genuinely have no clue. It, it's just very bizarre. It just It is, because the, 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 the weird part about it is one week later, he is literally in a bloody brawl. Yeah. One week later. I mean... It, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't I'm know. not going to ask questions. I'm not going to ask nope. questions. I'm just glad the man's back. Uh, he's better. Uh, you know, AW is better TV with him on my television. Yeah. Ricky Starks. You know, we we could sit here and claim Ricky Starks is the next big thing, or he is one of the pillars, or he's the guy. He's the future of AEW. You know, for all that Ricky Starks has done and some of the great matches that Ricky Starks has had, Jesse... I think tonight really was the match that put him over as legit being a superstar. This was the, and I don't want to, I don't want it to come off as, you know, I'm disrespecting Ricky Starks in that way because Ricky Starks was a superstar before this match, but this match made him a superstar in pro wrestling. And Brian Danielson did everything in his fucking power to make Ricky Starks look like a fucking star tonight. And, this was a breakout performance, man. 
I don't know what it is with strap matches and Brian Danielson. He is just phenomenal at them. They are absolutely wicked and brutal in every sense of the word. And the ending, I don't know where they got the influence from the ending from, but uh, that ending was definitely Ricky Starks, uh, Stone Cold, and Bret Hart moment from WrestleMania 13 for sure. You're like, I mean, that, that's, the yeah. visual, that's the visual that I got from that. And there is absolutely no better comparison than that one because that probably is in my top three favorite matches of all time. Right. I'm not, I'm going to go outside the box a little bit here. I think Starks needed this win. I think, I think Stark, I mean, the match was great. He looked great in it. He was not buried. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But in regards to him being on TV week in and week out, Brian not even being here, coming in rusty and is, well, we know, halfway injured. I think this was, a, this was an important win to for Starks to have gotten. Um, he was supposed to get punk, you know, that match gets scrapped. He gets Brian instead. He eats the L. We can see where the story goes from there, but especially with Brian being very ambiguous as it, as it pertains to his gimmick. Is he babyface? Is he heel? Cause Blackpool combat club are heels, but clearly this guy's a babyface. Yeah. Um, they, they can't even be sure exactly what they're doing with Brian as far as uh, going forward the future stuff. But to me, it really feels like this one would have been in a nice little W for Ricky to come back to and, you know, hold his hat on after beating Brian Danielson, man. My guy, Cam G with a $100 super chat. He says, man, TK delivers once again. And what a bloodbath of a main event, but that's not the best part of my night is right here in the venue. Keep killing it, J-D-O-T-S for life. Thank you, Cam G. I appreciate you being here this late, brother. You forgot to mention my name. My kids and I going to eat. <laughs> Cam G, my, my, my kids. Oh, Bro, man. my kids are hungry, man. <laughs> they, need, they need you to mention me in Bomb Super Chat so they can eat. Please. This, this fucking my name guy, this fucking guy, man. Uh, anyway, man, Brian, um, love the man. Uh, I, I, I get what you're saying about Ricky Starks. You know, you feeling Ricky Starks needs to win this match, but uh, on the same side, it's like Brian Danielson's returning. Do you want him to lose after coming back after after a broken arm? It's Brian like, Danielson. I know he could take a absolutely loss. Absolutely bulletproof. I know. I know. Bulletproof, bro. Bulletproof. It won't hurt him. It won't hurt him at all. Yeah, I know. I know. Hopefully, hopefully this means, you know, the Rocket Pack is on Ricky Starks, and hopefully we get uh, him to where he needs to be because this was this was a, a breakout superstar performance tonight. So, yeah, um, he looked great. He looked great out there. Yeah, he looked fantastic. Some of those shots with, with the strap, like, I mean, you could not fucking pay me oh, to nah, take man. those shots, man. I mean, there was one spot in this match where Brian was yelling at Starks uh, about the, you want to do this? Let's do this. And they're just slapping each other with the fucking strap. And, and yeah. it's not even, it's not even across the chest, bro. It's like up, up in the fucking facial the, region, the right? Neck, across, face, yeah. yeah. Like, like these are sick human beings. Ugh. Like yeah. Brian is not human. He's not normal. No. Then he went out there and said, I'm going to kick, I'm ready to kick his fucking head. In. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Jeez, Lee, how chill, you, bro. How could you not like this man, man? It's man. crazy. 
Um, I mean, Brian comes back after being out since Forbidden Door, after breaking his arm in the match against Okada. And before the match, Starks was beating him with a weight belt, and he busted Danielson open. So within two minutes of his first match back in about three months, Danielson is wearing the crimson mask. Boom. It's like, comes back, bleeds, like nothing ever changed, you know? Just another day at the office. Yep. So Starks is uh, dragging him all over the place, choking Danielson with the strap. Starks continued assaulting uh, Brian in the ring. Brian was trying to fight back with headbutts and kicks, and Starks whipped Danielson into the side of the head with the strap. Danielson is just bleeding all over the place. Starks wanted a superplex, but Danielson slid through his legs by coming off the top rope, and he crotched Starks on the top turnbuckle, and Starks is in a tree of woe. The shots across the back before he goes into the tree of woe were fucking absolutely shotgun-like in the United Center. You started to see the welts on Stark's back with the strap. And then he goes into the tree of woe, Jesse. He's hanging upside down, and Brian is fucking whipping him with the strap. And Stark's at one point holds his fucking mouth. Brian's just whipping him everywhere. Like, you, you just hear these shots going. You, someone's being fucking murdered in the United Center. Like, right. <laughs> it's fucking that crazy. Great. It was great stuff, man. So he's violently whipping Starks here. Baseball slide uh to Starks in the corner. And uh just brutal stuff here. So um we go to the outside after this, and Starks is uh looking at Ricky Steamboat. He's on commentary. Starts talking trash to Steamboat. Danielson was able to post Starks in the process on the steel post, busting him open. Danielson continued to whip um, as my iPad just wanted to fucking go into uh, just fucking weird mode here. Now, where am I? Sorry. Technology is uh, failing Apple, me. Get right Samsung now. devices, bro. Jesus Christ. So Get where am Samsung. I? He's trash talking Steamboat. So uh, he's busted open. Danielson is whipping Starks. And McGinnis is on commentary. He's basically calling Brian an animal, telling him to stop. And uh, Steamboat said uh, Steamboat said it was Starks who wanted this match. Danielson said, uh, or he was, uh, no, not said, but Danielson hit corner drop kicks. Starks fired out, turned Danielson inside out with a lariat. And then Starks, he whipped Danielson over and over and over again as Danielson started shaking all these shots off. And the crowd started to chant, you fucked up, you fucked up. So Starks was basically whipping Brian, and then you just seen him say, you know what, I'm just trying to whip this guy. I can't whip it no more, man. It's like his his whips were getting so weak. It's like this guy's no-selling all these whips. So Brian's just standing there. He's gassed out as Starks. Danison answered with whips, and then Starks is crumbling down, and Big Bill all of a sudden shows up out of nowhere. He went to attack Danielson. When Steamboat jumped off commentary and fought off Big Bill. So Steamboat had some decent-looking shots and some knife-edge shops on Big Bill. Then Big Bill grabbed Steamboat by the throat. Danison launched Starks over the top rope onto Big Bill. And then Danison followed up off the top rope with a dive onto everybody. Danison went for, went for some kicks back inside the ring. Starks exploded out of uh, a spear with a two. Starks went for the Rochambeau. Danison slid out. Hit the Busaiko knee. Starks kicked out. Danielson then started kicking Starks' head in. 
before applying the label lock, wrapping the strap around his throat, not once, but twice. And he did not submit. His face turned red, and he passed out, did Ricky Starks, and that was the end of this brutal strap match with Brian Danielson. Pretty good stuff, man. I thought I this like, was fucking incredible. I I I I like the I like I like the the little push they're giving Ricky Starks. Uh, I do think they are. I think they bounced him from you know heel to babyface back to heel a little bit too quickly. I mean, but outside of that, um, I have no complaints about Ricky Starks, man. I think he's doing a fantastic job. It sucks for him had to deal with this punk situation how it planned out he probably has no real direction right now but we'll see maybe he sticks with brian i don't know i mean brian just beat him as a baby face and then he immediately went and to go hang with his heel club i'm not sure what's going on with brian man yeah i don't know i mean it's very uh it's like he does whatever the fuck he wants pretty much you know uh, i don't know man you know this match was supposed to be cm punk's match but I'm thinking to myself, and I don't, I don't want to take anything away from Punk, because I'm sure the match with Punk would have been great, but, I mean, it's Brian Danielson, man. Did, did, did we get an upgrade here with Danielson and Starks instead of Punk and Starks? I, I, I think the, the, match with, um, the match with Starks and Punk may have been better just because of, like the, just because of the crowd dynamic. And the story that was there. And the story, well, the story that was there wasn't really that intense of a story but there was a story there. yeah but much like the punk and joe match at all in that match was all in the crowd reactions and the crowd made that match as good as it was yeah you know now with punk in chicago you know would have getting like crazy major cheers or things like that i mean i think the dynamic might have been you know really fucking nice um in a perfect world i would have had starks go over punk as well but yeah. that was a title match though wasn't it yeah no, that can't happen. My my goal was still to have, you know, Punk and MJF down the road, so that couldn't have happened then. Yeah, yeah. I am. Uh, I'm looking at this match. I think this is definitely one of the highlights of the night for me. Um, is it the best match of the night? You can make a case for it for sure. But uh, I mean, we had a couple of bangers to follow this man. But this was uh, definitely a highlight. And with this match being announced, it definitely changed the feeling of the show for a lot of people. Brian being back. And him being back on AEW television just changed a lot of dynamic for AEW in general. So uh, I'm glad Brian's back. This was an incredible match. Strap matches with Brian Danielson are a thing of beauty. And this one was no different with Ricky Starks. Excellent stuff here. Claudio and Wheeler defeated Eddie Kingston and Katsuyori Shibata. I'm not going to really get too much into this because, quite frankly, I didn't really give a shit about this match. Uh, I only care about Eddie Kingston and Claudio's dynamic here. They did get in there. But uh, I'm actually surprised, Jesse. Uh, I don't know if you were paying attention to this match uh, at all, but Eddie Kingston, I'm surprised Eddie Kingston took the pinfall loss here. Well, doesn't surprise me too much. No? You know. No. I mean, you, I mean would, you would think that Tony Khan is setting Eddie Kingston up against Claudio at some point, right? Whether it's going to be at Wrestle Dream or if it's going to be at Grand Slam, which would probably be the best background for it, uh, that he ate the pin. You know? I don't think that's going to affect that, 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 that future matchup at all. Okay. I mean, it's not like Eddie. Eddie's gimmick, Eddie Kingston's gimmick, is not one built on, you know, like in ring wins. He wants to fight because he has a fucking personal issue with you. Yeah. I mean that that that's Eddie Kingston. He hates fucking Claudio. He can't stand his ass. 
He can't wait to beat the shit out of him. He doesn't, I mean, he goes in and try to win a match, sure, but, I mean, him losing does not take away the heat that he's giving us that, that he wants to, you know, kick the shit out of Claudio. So yeah. that 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 stays. You know, it, it hasn't turned into, well, he doesn't deserve a match with Claudio because he lost his match. It's not about that fucking title. He wants to beat the shit out of Claudio, and that's why he wants to do it any fucking, in, in, in any given moment, you know? Yeah, I think uh, I think I don't know. I'm making a prediction. I think I think Tony Khan does Eddie versus Claudio at Grand Slam. I think that would be the perfect uh, place for it, where Claudio yeah. loses the championship to Eddie uh, in New York. I think that would be a, a great moment for Eddie Kingston. And Tony Khan is all about moments, so I think that's uh, yeah. you know a solid prediction there. Everybody looked good here. You know, it, it's just I just felt like this match was just thrown on the show for the sake of it being on the show. Claudio. Wore uh no not Claudio Eddie Kingston wore a shirt that read Claudio sucks eggs, which is a tribute to uh, Terry Funk. So that was that there. Um, Kingston and Claudio. We'll we'll talk about these two guys being that uh, this is the only stuff of the match I really cared about. Uh, it was Claudio and Kingston finally got in there at the end. They started throwing bombs at each other until Claudio hit a neutralizer on Kingston for a two. Kingston floated out of a Ricola bomb and hit some spinning back fist that led to a Northern Lights bomb for a two count of his own. Yuta is in there. He ate a back fist from Kingston and fell into a choke by Shibata on the apron. Kingston turned around and Claudio hit a massive uppercut and got the pin on Eddie with Shibata, who was stuck on the apron. So Eddie Kingston takes the pinfall victory from Claudio, and that is the tag team match there. That was awesome. I mean, let me pause you for a quick second. I'm yeah. sorry. I just benched a couple of people, and I think it's important to explain why. Because I said something a few seconds ago. I'm not even sure what the fuck it was. It's not even important. But instead of someone coming with the view of, well, I disagree with that, Jesse, because I think this would be better than that. Oh, okay. That's a good way to think about it. But instead, we get a reply of, Jesse, you're on drugs. What kind of what do you bring into the conversation with that one? All right, that's not a fucking conversation starter. That's just a fucking. And I mean, if you got something to say, say it. I disagree because X, Y, Z. Ah, good point. I didn't think about it that way. Not you're stupid. You know, this guy makes no sense. Then make some fucking sense. And then the other guy I bench said this, they fired Punk, so I'm going to WWE. Then why the fuck are you here commenting? Leave, leave. This is not a WWE channel. So you just have what you 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 just have one of the best in ring AEW pay per views of the entire year, and, and you're leaving AEW because CM Punk is not here anymore. CM Punk is that? I mean, he he that that's what his the rider. fuck that is wrong? I mean, this this go follow him to his couch in Chicago. Go, like you're giving up on an entire company because one guy is not here anymore. Go. That's tribalism at its absolute. I mean, finest, you're you're a complete half witted retard <laughs> if that's the case. Like yes, seriously, like you, I mean, you you walk around how you walk around amongst other human beings is fucking a miracle to me. No idea. I was only here because Punk was here. Okay, well, <clears throat> what Punk was gone now, you can leave too. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't get it, man. What did you watch for? Did you watch Collision only for the segments Punk was on? What the fuck no. were you doing? I don't know, you know, how many, how many, how many players left the Braves? I, I could have said, "Fuck the Braves." I'm not watch them anymore. You know, Fre- Freddie Freeman went to go sign with the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm done with the Braves. Yeah, I'm, Chipper, I'm, I'm done. Chipper Jones retired. I'm done with the Braves. Fuck them. 
You know, it's stupid. I quit. All right. Yeah. All right. Then first off, that's dumb. Second off, why you have? Why do you? What are you doing? Trying to announce it to take the whole crew? I mean, what do you? What's your intention? Oh, that guy's leaving. I'm out too. JD, I'm done with this fucking channel. I'm out. Ridiculous. Get the just leave. Some people are fucking ridiculous. Anyway, what is uh, what is ridiculous was this match, Konosuke Takeshita, oh, and Kenny Omega. This may have been the match of the night. This was fucking incredible, man. I, I was actually left speechless at the end of this because, you know, normally after uh, the match is over, I go to Twitter, you know, and I'm on my phone and I'm tweeting away. You know, I didn't really have anything to like. What am I supposed to say? <laughs> what are you supposed to say after watching a match like this? Pro fucking wrestling, man. That that is basically it. you. You love pro wrestling. You love Konosuke Takeshita and Kenny Omega. This match was fucking phenomenal, man. And shocking, Konosuke Takeshita got an official pin one on one over Kenny Omega, bro, for the first time in his career. And it's another and loss for Kenny Omega, man. Without Don Callis, I don't know if that's going to become a story now. But commentary pointed it out. Kenny Omega seemingly can't win without Don Callis. That's what it looks like, man. That's what it looks like. What is he going to do? I don't know. Is he going to go to the dark side? I don't know. I don't know, man. This was great. I know a lot of people, uh, some people were telling me, I had a couple of close friends of mine saying that this was better than the Will Ospreay match with Kenny Omega, Forbidden Door. How do you feel about that? Um... I think that I think it's a fair comparison. It is a fair comparison, yeah. I I, I think it is. I mean, bell to bell, it's a fair comparison. I mean, if they're if they're on absolute equal planes, I'm gonna take the all in one again just because of the crowd. Yep. But I think it's a fair comparison. They were both very good matches, and one was not significantly better than the other. So yeah. now, how how good of a signing for Tony Khan is Kanosuke Takashi looking, man? Twenty seven years old. And he is that fucking good, man, to stand toe-to-toe in a 20-minute match against Kenny Omega. I said it a couple of weeks ago. If they give these guys at least 30 minutes, we were getting five stars. Would yeah. they get 20? Yeah. They could have gone 10 more minutes as far as I was concerned. Me too, yeah. It was a damn good match, man. Damn good match. Not only that, I mean, it's all but what? A foregone conclusion that Will Ospreay will also be all elite. Yep. That's a... Damn good pickup as well. CM who? Also, Osprey will be at Impact Wrestling at Bound for Glory. Wow. Well, surprised that they got they got enough money. They got enough money to pay him, huh? They, I don't think Impact and money was ever an issue. No. They got money somehow. Uh, somehow they got money. Somehow this fucking company has been around for fucking ages, man. I don't know. They're doing something right. They're doing something as far as money goes, but I mean, they're not blowing down any. You know, barriers are not breaking down any ratings or not selling out any large venues, but they, it's just the roach that won't go away, I guess. I don't know, man. They, they are still here. So Omega was wearing uh, some DDT-inspired ring gear tonight to uh, kind of signal how important this match was. They did call that out on commentary. Uh, the match started off, you know, I guess kind of a, a feeling out process here. It, it definitely went through different stages. They, they they took it slow and then they fucking picked it up towards the end and it was just rocking and rolling towards the end. So we'll pick it up on the outside. Takeshi did a big running boot. Omega responded with a you can't escape on the floor. He jumps on the fucking barricade, barricade and does a moonsault off the barricade. We go back into the ring. Omega punted Takeshi and he slams Takeshi down 
Indian deathlock. Then they have a slap exchange. Takesta went for the eyes. And uh, Omega floated over into the corner. He wanted a hurricanrana. Takeshita blocked and threw Omega face first into the turnbuckle. They go out to the floor again. And this time Takeshita is hitting a brain buster on the floor, which looked fucking ridiculous. So Takeshita starts going underneath the ring and starts pulling chairs out. And he wanted to use a steel chair on Omega, but Paul Turner, the referee, says, no steel chairs. You're going to get yourself disqualified. So Takeshita rolls back into the ring, and Paul Turner follows him in, and Don Callis is on the outside, and he starts taking steel chair after steel chair and placing them on Omega's chest. So I'm like, what is he doing? All of a sudden, Takeshita, over the top, runs rope to rope, dives over the top, and does some swanton bomb over the top onto Kenny and onto the steel chairs. So uh, he basically put himself in harm's way to injure Omega. So Takeshita mocked Omega, Haluva kick, and a blue thunder bomb for a two count. Takeshita's got a beautiful-looking blue thunder bomb. And Excalibur said... Uh, that is influence from El Generico. We all know who that is. That is Sami Zayn with the Haluva kick and Blue Thunderbomb. Takeshita continued to pick Omega apart. He was just slow playing it. Big knees. Uh, Omega started to come back. He had a knee of his own. Terminator dive. Missile drop kick. Connected. And two snap dragons. Another knee strike. A poison Rana. Goes for a cover. Gets a two count. Both men flipped out of German attempts, straighted pumping knees until Takeshita turned Omega inside out with a wicked-looking lariat. Omega floated out of a powerbomb into one of his own. A knee strike, V-trigger. Takeshita counted a one-winged angel into something. I don't know what the fuck he... What, uh, a pinning combination. Uh, Omega barely had any strength at all at this point in the match, and he started swinging wildly... Takeshita fought back with forearms, with Omega answering with a desperation lariat out of nowhere. So we got a leaping V-trigger in the corner. As Omega wanted an avalanche one-winged angel, Takeshita escaped into, I don't know how he pulled this off, uh, uh, an avalanche blue thunder bomb for a very close near fall. Another knee strike for Takeshita, and he couldn't believe he only got a two-count off of it. Takeshita took the referee, and Callis tried to stab Omega with a screwdriver that he found on the outside. Missed. Omega hit a ripcord V-trigger. Takeshita grabbed the screwdriver, almost used it during a one-winged angel, but Paul Turner saw it, took it away. Both men traded roll-ups at this point, with Takeshita hitting a wheelbarrow and a power driver knee strike, but Omega kicked out. Crowd going crazy at this point. Takeshita exposed his knee and hit a home run knee strike. Omega just fell down like a sack of potatoes. And that was basically the end of the match. He got him with a fucking knee strike. Excalibur selling Takeshita's knee strikes is the most dangerous in the industry. So the knee strike is what the knee strike is what did Omega in. He loses. Clean. That's how you get them over. Unbelievable. Absolutely, man. What a match. Um, will definitely be remembered as Kenny and Takeshita's first match. You know that that that's that's oh the first of many for sure. First, oh my god, of many, but this is the first. This is the first one right here. Goes to Takeshita. Can't be mad at it, man. Kenny Omega is doing a lot to get this man over. Yeah, and and he's going to. 
you know, between him and Callis and um, Tony Khan's faith in Takesta, Takesta will be a major star in AEW. Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of Okada in Takeshita. I see a lot of Okada. It's like a weird mix of Okada and Ibushi I see in Takeshita. It's like a mixture of all three. I see a lot of Omega. I see a lot of Ibushi. I see a lot of Okada. He's got, he's got a lot of mix of all three of them. It's, it's a weird mix, but I mean, I, I, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, this guy's fucking phenomenal. Like, I, I, I just, I just hope he gets his English and, and his presentation down. I mean, the sky's the limit for him. I mean, I would have signed him immediately after I saw him wrestle too, like Tony Khan did. But I mean, yeah. if he's putting on matches like this, I mean, th- this, this, he's 27 years old. I like his build. Yeah. You know, he's very tall. Uh, he's very athletic. And he, I mean, he's, he's built physically like a Will Ospreay. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and the guy can, he, the, he can go. He's built to go and he can go and he can, you know, he can put on phenomenal matches with Omega any given time you need him to. Can, can we, can we start talking about maybe Takeshita and that international championship? We can. We got, we got to start talking about that, man. It's like, you know, I don't know if that's going to be something that happens down the line soon, but I'm here for a Moxley Takeshita match. Can you imagine we can. Well, we have to we have to put Moxley in a box right now. We don't know where the hell the BCC is. Yeah. Um, Moxley is definitely a heel. That guy's a fucking dick. Yeah. You know, but you know, and so is the rest of his crew except Brian. So we shall see. Right now, I'm more interested in what Moxley's gonna do with that title first and foremost. That's what I want to see. Yeah. Somebody in the chat I, said that Takeshita dropped uh, Kenny on his head, too. Yeah, I saw that. I, I actually yeah, fucking jumped off my couch and cringed at that. I'm like, the angle that I saw it happen live looked a lot worse than the fucking replay. The yeah. replay didn't really make it look that bad, but from the vantage point of it happening live, it looked fucking terrible. It was off like a, a German throw, German release over his head. He dropped Kenny all on his fucking head. I'm like, what is it with these fucking guys when to get dropped on their head? Every time. Pile drivers, reverse runners. Oh my god, man! As a fan, you're giving me a fucking stroke. Um, Nick Hausman, yeah. He asked um, oh about rumors of Adam Copeland joining AEW. Oh god, to, to Christian Cage. I don't know what kind of answer he expected from Christian Cage on this, but Christian says he only talks about himself and Luchasaurus and. He has no <laughs> friends other than Luchasaurus. <laughs> he has no friends other than Luchasaurus. <laughs> you gotta be, you gotta be kidding me! I love that man. He is so it's, fucking great, man. Seriously. Oh my god. Also, one more little interesting note: Tony Khan reiterates that Saturdays are better for Brian Danielson's life and schedule and stuff like that, indicating he will be on Collision frequently going forward. There you go, man. See him who? There you go. Unbelievable, there you go, man. I expect the I expect the separation of him and the BCC if he's gonna be um, taking care of Collision. I think he's gonna be the baby face over there. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Jay White, Juice Robinson, and the Guns, Austin and Colton against FTR and the Young Bucks. This was a big eight man tag team match. This was. This was some fun stuff, man. Felt more like uh, felt more like a dynamite or collision main event than yeah. it did a pay per view match itself. You know these these eight man tags, man. They feel so wild. Like you know, it's all over the place. I can't even fucking keep track of who's legal and who's not legal. And 
It's just all over the place. But this this was a fun match. Crowd was big time into trolling the Bucks tonight. And they were very hot. Um, everybody got in their, their signature shit. And I, I, I had a good time with this. I, I don't know how you felt about it. But, you know, this was one of the matches that I didn't really care too much about going into this show. But, man, I, lo- I love what the Bullet Club Gold is doing. I really do. They are, man. And I'm also more interested in uh, <clears throat> in the gun club. Yeah. Um, I thought that might have been a good addition, and it's coming off as such. Um, Juice is doing Juice things, although there was a spot in this match where he was no longer rock hard. No. And, I mean, it was a very bad landing. <laughs> and um, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure Tony's going to take care of him later. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, the gun club, I would like to see them... Um, a little bit more in the tag division with their, you know, newfound friendship. And I think Jay White is turning into a fantastic uh, faction leader. So I'm enjoying this, man. Yeah, uh, a lot of people, I, I have to go back and watch Collision because I watched Payback uh, instead of watching Collision. And I didn't watch both of them at the same time. A lot of people were telling me that Dax and Jay uh, White was a tremendous match on Collision Saturday night. Oh, why wouldn't it be? Uh, I mean, why wouldn't it be? They're two fucking great wrestlers. Um I'm really liking what Bullet Club Gold is doing. I would love yeah, to see yeah, them. Yeah, Jay White is buried. <laughs> Forget about that. I part. still don't believe that. I, I, <laughs> you know, I, I call people out, and then they want to block me for uh, calling out their fucking sheer stupidity. Um, I would love to see Bullet Club Gold get another tag team title opportunity, uh, uh, and maybe they maybe they do with the ending of this match. The match broke down towards the end. I'm not going to get into all the, uh, the the fucking chaotic bullshit that was in this match. Match broke down. Bullet Club Gold is trying for a triple superplex. Jay White, Robinson, and Colton all got crotched. This led to a powerplex by FTR, elbow drop by Matt Jackson, and a 450 splash by Nick Jackson. So we got, you know, FTR doing their thing, and then the Bucks all working in tandem here. Everybody hitting their dives, leaving Austin and Harwood in the ring. With a colliding double clothesline for both guys. Finishers are coming. And they were countered until Nick and Wheeler hit a shatter machine. With Matt and Harwood hitting a BTE trigger for a two on Jay White. Colton laid out Matt with a Famouser on the outside. Jay White laid out Wheeler with a Blade Runner. Colton picked up, you know, the match and stole the pin as a result because he, out of everybody, was the legal man after the Blade Runner on Cash Wheeler. He pins Cash Wheeler. Nick said to Wheeler that uh, he was late for breaking up the pin post-match. So he kind of, uh, he was uh, blaming FTR for their loss. He said, yeah, he, he, well, no, Matt took blame for it. He, he said, "Oh yeah, they, bl- they blame." I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. He said, "He said no." I, I, I wrote I, it wrong. Yeah, I, I didn't get there in time. You know, this is my bad. This is my yeah. bad. Yeah. You know, FTR was like, oh, you know, it, it is what it is. That's cool." Yeah, they took accountability for their actions. There you go. It, 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 I mean, it's it's it must suck for FTR, man. Their 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 bestie is gone, and then right away they they got to work it on the match with with their bestie's uh, enemy. Yeah, must suck to be them, man, but. Again, FTR will be fine. Um, they will be feuding with the Bucks for life. They were literally made to fight forever. Really? And I just want to see the tag division get back to where it needs to be. So Yeah, man, they got some great fucking tag teams, man. You got four of them in this match. 
Yeah. You got four of them in this match, and you got uh, you got LAX is back. You got, uh, you know, best friends have fucking kind of picked it up as of late. Dark Order had a great match. You got Adam Cole and MJF. You, yes. you got so many fucking tag teams, man. It's like, what are we doing? You know, House of Black. You know, I don't know if you guys watched the pre-show, man. There was a there was a vignette with Roosh and uh, the LFI, his uh, his faction. Man, I don't know who filmed that vignette. That was fucking great shit. Like that's I would love to see them get involved. Yeah. You know, they got a they got a trio going on there with uh, Drillistico and uh, Roosh, and then uh, what's his name, Preston Vance. You know, what are we doing with those guys? How about this one? What about what are we doing with um, the acclaimed and those trios titles? Because now I'm looking at Bullet Club Gold. Yeah, holding the trios title. Yeah, maybe maybe they're just transitional champions again. I don't. Know. I, I I hope so, man. I don't I know. I hope so. I'm not digging it. No, I'm not digging it either. I'm not digging it. They never should. They never should have taken the tag titles off of the acclaimed when they did. It was too soon. It was way too soon, man. And now, nothing, they got nothing from it. Now, do you find Cash taking the pinfall here that uh, either the Guns or the Bullet Club get another tag team title opportunity off this? I I, I think they that maybe maybe that gets us back to another um, Bucks and FTR spat because because of you, I ate the pin. You know, I didn't quite agree with the tag team champions. You know, eating the L on this one either. But I'm assuming that they're gonna take us somewhere with that story. So let's see. I guess I still don't know why the tag chat. I mean, I don't. I don't. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. Was it was it weird to you that uh, maybe it's just me thinking, you know, and uh, kind of over elaborating things? Do, do you feel like with Kenny losing tonight and the elite losing tonight that uh, it was uh, Tony Khan basically saying, hey? You know, you guys are you guys work for me. You know, even though Punk is not here, you're gonna do do what I say, and it's my creative decisions. Did you find it weird that they lost? Like Kenny lost and the Elite lost tonight. That never once crossed my mind. No? FTR lost too. I yeah. mean, you know, I mean, I'm not saying that's impossible. I just that never crossed my mind not once. I mean, it they their losses were very important, especially Kenny's. Yeah. I mean, Kenny's loss had a lot of meaning behind it, and it helped get Takesta over. Yeah, and the Bucks and FTR losing felt like it was just more to feud their storylines going forward. So it didn't feel like that to me, no. Yeah, maybe I was just uh, over elaborating things, but I felt like uh, with them losing in Chicago, all, all, like the whole group lost tonight. I mean, Hangman won, I guess. So I guess maybe it's nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. One night and one loss for each is no big deal. We'll see how future bookings go. If they yeah, because I know, you know, the reason I mention is because a lot of people were making a big deal about, like, on Collision. I, I don't know if it was after the show. Matt Jackson was doing, like, victory laps around the ring last night on Collision. or if you've seen that on Twitter. I, I saw that, and people were crying about that. Yeah. Well, these, these guys are supposed to be professional. My God, dude. I mean, all they did was run around and with their hands raised. Punk went into the middle of a ring with a live mic and went on a tirade, and they yeah. and they... They supported that. That was okay. Yeah. I, hell, they walked around with their hands raised in victory, and you immediately put that, oh, that's about punk. Did they ever say punk? No. Then what the fuck are we no, doing people, here? People were assuming, yeah. You're just assuming shit. I mean, maybe it was. Maybe they were just happy to be on collision. But yeah, yeah. Maybe it was about punk, but at the end of the day, they didn't go out and say anything. Jack Perry went out there and said something. Shouldn't have said it. 
Still didn't say punk. Yeah, nobody knows what it was about. They were just making assumptions. Yeah, not not a crying for him. First, Phil cries, not a cry for him, man. They they really love him, man. We got the main event. Orange Cassidy and John Moxley. This is the AEW International Championship match. Orange Cassidy has the longest reign for any championship in AEW currently. Before tonight, before he lost. And this was the main event. John Moxley being called upon to deliver for Tony Khan amongst CM Punk bullshit. John Moxley, the face of AEW, one of the faces of AEW. When Tony Khan needs him to step up, he steps up. Orange Cassidy has stepped up as well. And as of late, has been a tremendous champion for Tony Khan and AEW. Uh, Orange Cassidy, uh, he bled almost immediately in this thing, which is not really surprising. So Moxley beat up Cassidy on the announce desk. Cassidy was bleeding from from the forehead. Moxley started biting his forehead and almost sucking his blood like a vampire. And uh, the commentary team said that there was a puddle of Orange Cassidy's blood underneath them as they had to finish the show. Yes, saw that. So, so uh, fans were chanting, you sick fuck, you sick fuck. Cassidy was covered uh, in blood and Moxley was covered in Cassidy's blood. Cassidy is in the ring. Starting to come back. They're on the top turnbuckle. Cassidy's trying to rake Moxley's back. He's biting his head. He landed a top rope DDT and a tornado DDT running the ropes. Cassidy went for a beach break. Moxley countered. He had an orange punch. And he goes for a cover, gets a near fall. Moxley turned another beach break attempt into a gotch-style pile driver, which looked absolutely terrible. Uh, in uh, in a good way, but it was yeah. terrible for for Orange Cassidy. Landed right on his head. Goes for cover, gets a two count. Moxley shifted into a bulldog choke. Cassidy eventually draped his boots on the bottom rope. Referee forced Mox to break the hold. So Moxley is then on the outside. He starts pulling a Tommaso Ciampa NXT style and starts stripping away at the padding on the outside of the ring. Cassidy reversed his pile driver attempt and sent Mox into the ringside steps. So back in the ring, he hit two orange punches, crowd cheered, going crazy, really coming alive here towards the end. Cassidy played to the crowd and then went for a third orange punch. Moxley caught him midair with a cutter, followed by a paradigm shift. Cassidy blocked it, landed an orange punch, and a spear for a near fall. So Cassidy started doing a slow motion routine and suddenly turned it up full speed, and Moxley popped up, hit Cassidy with a lariat. Cassidy popped back up himself. Moxley hit a second lariat, followed by a forearm to the side. Moxley hit a death rider for a near fall, which Cassidy, um, you know, kicked out of how I don't how he kicked out. I don't know. Cassidy all of a sudden stood up. He called on Moxley to come at him. He did. Moxley gave him another death rider, and that was basically it. One, two, three. After the death rider. And John Moxley is the new AEW International Champion. Now, uh, I forgot uh, to put in my notes that when he did rip up the pad on the outside, uh, that uh, Moxley was slammed back first, spine first on the concrete, and it made a really sickening thud, which I am uh, remembering now as I am reading 
through my notes here. But uh, yes, he did rip up the pad on the outside and the pad, the concrete was used on the outside. But Moxley, in the end, it didn't really matter. Death Rider, new international champion. I know, Jesse, I said earlier that it would have been a nice go home. I figured Tony Khan would have sent the crowd home happy with Orange Cassidy getting the big baby face win. But, you know, John Moxley. Did you Mox- see that reaction for Moxley crazy? Man? I did. Yeah, I know. That's why I was going to say, the, you know, the reaction for John Moxley was, uh, I don't know, maybe it was more shocking to me. I think people were actually shocked that Orange Cassidy lost the championship. Bro, they put this in the main event. They put all this pomp and circumstance around it. They basically told us without telling us that he was about to lose the title. They kept telling us how beat up he was. Yes. And they put him in a match with John fucking Moxley. Well, but where's the story with Orange Cassidy in the title, man? His title reign was the story. Yeah. They all but told us what the outcome was going to be, then gave us the outcome, and I expected. That's what we got. I've got something disturbing that was said by Tony Khan in the scrum. Oh, no. (laughs) All right. God. Tony Khan states that he has stopped paying attention to the online discourse about AEW pay-per-view builds because of how good the pay-per-views turn out in the end. So... Basically, and if, if TK is not watching, if someone is watching that can get him a message, let him know that he is basically telling us there is no need to watch the weekly television shows because they're going to suck. He doesn't care that they suck because the pay-per-views will be good. So we'll stop watching the weekly shows and just watch the pay-per-views. Is that what he wants us to do? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't really get that. It's like almost coming off as a conceited comment, like. Like, ha, 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 you guys were wrong. We put on a great show, so all of your bickering and moaning is for nothing. Fuck off. Basically. So if you're going to continue to intentionally give us no builds, why watch the shows? Just wait for the pay-per-views, right? They'll be good. So is is, is, is he basically telling us that he doesn't care to write the television show? He just wants to give us good matches with no build, and that's basically it? He'll write when he wants to write for something that needs to be written for? That's so ridiculous, man. And I, and I, need, I need some of those people who call us AEW elitists to clip this part because we are sitting here ridiculing AEW. When Did nobody have a follow-up did. question for that? No, no, this is just a tweet. This was the tweet from uh, WrestleOps. That's a terrible was, way to look at it. That's a, ter- a, that's a that's a terrible that's a terrible reply to uh, the fan base. Oh, I've very, stopped I've stopped listening to the online uh, social media fan base about terrible builds because the pay per views are always great. So fix the builds. I mean, so, you can do that so too. So you're, you're 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 neglecting that you have a problem. You're neglecting the 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 negative. Because you know you're always going to put on a great pay-per-view, but, like, I I don't really get that. Think about it this way. If the pay-per-views still turn out great with terrible builds, how do you think they'll turn out with fantastic builds? Yeah. Even better. People would buy the shows more. People would watch your television shows more. There'd be more more traction on social media. I mean, this is the same thing that I said about the WWE when everybody was like, well... Oh, they're, they're, they're making more money hand over fist, man. Look at their stocks. <laughs> imagine when they can do Ima- a good imagine, story. Imagine if the shows were better, how many more fucking <laughs> yeah. stocks they'd be selling. 
Yeah, really, man. I mean, everything goes hand in hand. If the shows are better, people are coming out to buy house show tickets. If the television shows are better, people are going to buy merchandise. If the shows are better, there's going to be more Peacock subscriptions. If the shows are better, there's going to be more general interest online in the shows instead of people like me coming on, shitting on all your mistakes. That is literally your roster carrying you. That's you failing with the pin and your roster putting in the extra work to get this show over because there wasn't enough interest leading into it. Your roster is awesome. They deserve more creativity. Give it to them. That's terrible. That, that, see, that comment, that comment pisses me off. That's, that, that, that's, 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 that's just... It's a very poor way to look at it. It is it. definitely a poor way to look at it, you know? I, I don't know. I don't know what... And, and that's the first time he's ever said something like that because he's normally someone that actually appreciates the fan base online and what they have to say. And normally when, you know, we let him know that he fucked up, he comes around the next week and fixes it. Fixes it. As opposed to saying, well, now I'm done trying to fix it because the pay-per-views are great. You can't do both? No, that doesn't excuse the fact that you did a show one week ago at All In leading into this week with no fucking build, Okay. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna sit there and tell you that it was a great show based on the fucking build of the show. It wasn't. The build sucked. There was no build. The show yeah. was great because you had Brian Danielson fucking bleeding his ass off and John Moxley and Orange Cassidy bleeding their fucking ass off. You had a whole fucking roster that went out there and broke their goddamn back for you. That's why it was a great show. Yeah. But where is the creative writing? Where's the story? Like I, I listen. It's easy. It's easy for this company to deliver a good wrestling match. We know, like, they are the home of pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. It is easy for this company to deliver pro wrestling. I want you to deliver creative writing. You, 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 you have a dynamite collision 52 weeks out of the year. You have episodic television. I need substance. If I want to watch good matches, there's great matches I can find anywhere. Yep. That's a ridiculous way to look at it. 100% agree. That's, that's not a very healthy way to that's look at That's a very Vince product. McMahon comment, yes. Yeah. It's a very Vince McMahon comment. It is. It is. I mean, the, the build is just as important. It really is. I mean, the, the pay-per-views are great. Fantastic. Hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe the talent won't have to work as hard. Maybe you won't have to, you know, drop 14 pints of blood on the show to try to get a, a, try to get a show over because the build was shitty. I mean, maybe give us a fantastic build and the guys and the girls can go out there and just give us regular-ass matches and we'll be just as interested in that because we'd be more interested in the fucking story. Yeah. I don't know, guys. You know, don't let that comment bother you. That That is that is a half-witted fucking ridiculous comment. Um, and it was a great show tonight, not because of the story that came out of the show or the story that was built coming into the show. It was a great show because... Of the fucking roster that he possesses. And he's lucky to have the the roster that he does. It was a great show because of every single person that worked that show tonight. So um, I thought this was a a very good show. It was a great show. Incredible show. Um, It could have been one of the more important shows that AEW's put on. Especially in the light of CM Punk being fired by the company. Uh, There was a sense of renewal. A sense of focus. A sense of urgency tonight on everybody. And everybody showed up to work. And uh, that definitely came across on my TV tonight. With all out, and uh, I'm looking forward to what's next for AEW, man. Life after CM Punk is going to be very interesting to follow for sure. Here's one to leave you with: 
Tony talks about appreciating everyone who covers wrestling, whether it's a full-time job, part-time job, or a hobby, and that is and that is his biggest mistake. What? That is his biggest what is his biggest mistake? Appreciating everyone who covers wrestling. Why would that be a mistake? That's his biggest mistake, appreciating everyone who covers wrestling? So don't appreciate them. Tony's turning his back on us, man. What the fuck? Maybe he's getting that. Maybe he's getting a little bit. Maybe maybe he's turning into and maybe he's turning into uh, Vince McMahon, bro, before our very eyes. Maybe he's maybe he's turning maybe he's into the chairman, this. Vince McMahon, before our very eyes, bro. Maybe he wants. Maybe he wants to start a more memorable all-out media scrum by saying shit like this. I don't know. What His biggest mistake today? is appreciating everyone who covers pro wrestling. Then what the fuck is everybody sitting there for? Tony talks about appreciating everyone who covers wrestling, whether it's full-time job, part-time job, or a hobby, and that is his biggest mistake. Is he drunk? Yeah, what's in that coffee, TK? Listen, I need to know. Wow. That's awesome. I don't know. Listen, man, hopefully he appreciates what we do, okay? That's all I care about. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe maybe this tweet is all worded wrong. Tony said that he appreciates whether it's a... He appreciates people who covers wrestling, whether it's a full-time job, part-time job, or a hobby. And maybe the part where it says, and that is his biggest mistake, maybe that's the author of the tweet's opinion, separated from what TK said. Let's roll with that one. TK said he appreciates the, you know, the podcast people. Period. And this person says that's his biggest mistake. Maybe that's the word. Uh, Ah, that sounds a that sounds a little bit more. uh, That sounds more like. Yeah. That's that's not the way it was typed, written. He fucked it all up. That sounds like a fucking asshole poster. Yeah. And that's his biggest mistake, man. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. From Trevor Day. Sorry, sorry, so, I'm sorry, sorry, TK. I'm, I, a little Formula misunderstanding there, bro. Yeah. Continue to listen to us. We're awesome. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you joining us on the AEW All Out post show. We're going to get into these super chats. Hi, Brittany. No, she wasn't on the show, man. There's no hi, Brittany. No, 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 no. want to make sure that, hey, if I run into another airport, you know, I want Hi, Brittany. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on social media at JD from NY206 at Chi-Town Smart on Twitter. Make sure you guys go hit that thumbs up, man. We need a hundred more likes for a thousand. Can we get a thousand likes on tonight's all-out post? And make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel. And important, hit that subscribe button down below and turn on the bell for all notifications. We got Johnny Retsu with a new membership. Johnny, what is going on, brother? Thank you so much. Beyond the script of the 499. Hey, JD, sorry I won't be here tonight. Just feeling down. Got getting laughed at about my channel. But still wanted to show some support. I try. Love and OTS. 
Uh, I don't know why people are laughing at your channel, bro. Anybody who laughs at your channel and does not have one of their own, they can, I mean, that is your personal, they can kiss your ass, dude. They don't even have one. If you mm -hmm. have one viewer, they have, you have one more than them, so don't worry about it. Yeah. Cameron Battle with a 499. Got some bangers tonight, but my favorite Brian Danielson, Ricky Starks. Way too long of a pay-per-view. I'm exhausted, but can only imagine how you guys feel. Uh, yeah, this is uh, par for the course with these AEW shows, Cameron. Not going to change anytime soon. Uh, we may actually start doing the reviews on Monday, man, because this shit's too late. Honestly, we're, we're, we're just fried after four hours of wrestling and another two hours sitting here. Come on. I feel like I'm still recovering from all in. Man. Yeah. Seriously. Stick World Mayor with 21 months. Hey, GD, going to catch tonight's show tomorrow. Hope you're feeling better to everyone else. Hit that like button. OTS VIPs are number one. Indeed. I love my VIPs. Sinister Classic with a five. Not only has John Moxley stepped up and replaced Punk, but so did Brian. He replaced him in Ring of Honor, WWE, and now AEW. Chicago made crowd loved this pay-per-view. Of course they did. AW's got an incredible roster. I am woman within eight months. Hey, JD, I love your podcast, and you are the best in the IWC. I am woman. Hear me roar. Thank you, I am woman. Eight months. Eight months in the venue. Appreciate you. Mama Scripps. With a new membership. We have now a Mama Scripps, JD, uh, Jesse. There we go, man. We got a Mama Scripps in the venue. Who's Mama Scripps? I don't know. Should get any kind of Scripps? So we'll be doing it, man. I don't know. Joseph Teller with a $5 Super Chat. JD, the pay-per-view was a 7 out of 10. The strap match and the eight-man tag. Miro versus Power, Power Asabs and the international title. My matches of the night. Thank you, Joseph. Funny Rob Bay with a new membership. Thank you, Rob. Nathan Smith with a five-dollar super jack. Danielson does what he always does: puts on a clinic. Starks looks like a million bucks in defeat. Great match, great night. Danielson is the goat. When you talk about goats, Danielson is in discussion at the top. Joseph Tell with a three-dollar super jack. Kenny Omega versus Kanosuke Takeshi, five-star match. Yeah, definitely was. He Don't says. He says Brian flew with him for a few weeks and couldn't keep up with his ridiculous schedule. And Brian rec recommended he get someone to help him out and recommended Jimmy Jacobs. And so Tony got Jimmy Jacobs. Tony praised Jimmy as someone he flies out to every show with instead of Brian. So... And, and Sapp says he's heard great things about Jimmy, Jimmy Jacobs being involved in AEW. Well, we Jimmy, Jacobs, Jimmy, Jacobs, Jimmy Jacobs was the guy that WWE fired because he took a picture with the Young Bucks outside of a California show that WWE did. Correct. Are we aware of Jimmy Jacobs being involved with creative in AEW? I didn't know that. Neither. It seems to be an outward thing now as of tonight. Well, the more people he has around him, the better. The, oh my god, the better, yes Please, Jimmy Jacobs was great as creative too Yeah so I like that move, I didn't, I, didn't know, I didn't know that That's good, that's really good to hear Brian was apparently behind creative and, and, and also with Jimmy Jacobs as well 
Well, I mean, if you got these types of guys working for you, I mean, there's no need for fucking comments like that. I'm going to stop listening to the online criticisms of there's no build. Tell your fucking staff to get you some better build. Nobody asked you to book back-to-back pay-per-views a week apart. <laughs> That's all we fucking care about. Like, what the fuck? TK's having a long week, too, man. Leave him alone. I know. Nathan Smith, thank you, brother. Joseph Taylor, Kenny Omega, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carlos get to cash the five-star match. Tony Brown, four ninety-nine. Little medicine money can't bomb yet. Tony Brown, don't worry, brother. I got a Theraflu waiting for me after the show, and a couple of nighttime Sudafed waiting for me. Don't worry. Eddie Hazard with a four ninety-nine. Big meaty men slapping meat. AEW is gonna be just fine. Chick magnets are twenty tens anyway. OTS for life. Now listen, man. I'm a punk fan. I'm going to miss punk. I just wish punk was a fucking... He sounds like a fucking asshole. I miss the punk that we thought we were getting. Yeah. Eli with 21 months. Punk probably even angrier now. Brian and Ricky Starks put on a banger. I don't think punk gives a shit. I don't think punk wanted to be there anyway. Jesse loves Jimmy Jacobs and rags on CM Punk. Tell him. What did Jimmy Jacobs do now? Uh, Writes good creative. Didn't slap anybody. Jimmy Jacobs didn't lunge at his boss. Didn't lunge at his boss. Dude, please, if you're a punk stan, go to another channel, man. You got to, because I'm just going to kick you out. (laughs) Just go to another channel, man. I miss punk, too. We all, look, we all, nobody wanted punk to go. But the punk that we got, yes, I want that punk to fucking go. Yeah. We needed the punk that we thought we were getting. That's not the punk we got. That's why I wanted punk out. I'm really disappointed. Nobody wanted world. punk to be fired. Nobody. Oh. We just wanted punk to be a good human being, which he sh- certainly did not show that he is. Really, He's got some fucking problems. I've heard multiple podcasters sit here and say that they were over the moon that punk was coming back. And that they were highly disappointed in the product that Punk gave us. Maybe Punk let you guys down and not the people who don't like what he did. Man, I remember we covered that shit, man. We were fucking over the moon about it. It was crazy. It was like we had we had like a fucking 5,000, 6,000 uh, person stream. Yeah. Man. That show we came back, you know? I mean, God, we, I'm on record. You can see me. Go back and look at it. Punk's coming back. I'm at the United Center. Whoa, look at me. I have my fucking punk ice cream bar and t-shirts. Punk did what he did, and you guys are looking at me like, how dare you not support Punk through his bullshit? Because I'm not a fucking idiot sheep follower. I see bullshit, and I call it out. You see bullshit, you eat it, because who shat it? Fuck that. I'm not eating Punk's bullshit. Enjoy. Matt, the PW fan with a $50 super chat. The demise of AEW has been greatly exaggerated. Despite me being on the fence about buying all out, I'm glad I did. What a show. The dark cloud hanging over AEW has been lifted. We need to see AEW getting back to building towards pay-per-views, though. Well, not if you're Tony Khan. He doesn't really give a shit what you have to say. Punk works with children. No, he doesn't. Punk's fired. Latoya Woods with a new membership and a $5 super chat. She says, hello. Hello, Latoya. Trevor Spinelli with a new membership and a $9.99 Super Chat and then a $4.99. Despite lackluster building stories, AEW delivered on pay-per-view yet again, despite how big of a draw he may be, 
They have proven to everyone that they don't need CM Punk and will be just fine. Think I was a member on a different account. Anyway, glad to be VIP again. Hope you're feeling better, JD. It's been a long week. What are you drinking? Theraflu. That's what I'm fucking drinking. Thank you, Trevor. I don't know, man. I thought you were a member as well, brother. Man of a thousand and five holes with a 24 mile. What do you got? What do you, what do you say? What is he got? Fuck this guy. Uh, man of a thousand and five holes with 24 months. This wasn't just a pay-per-view, but a message that one man doesn't make the company. The Dragon and Mr. Absolute put on a banger. Get me some black rum. Jerry Ramey with 27 months. JD, great show. Glad to see Starks get a match with Brian. American Dragon can get a broomstick over. Yes, he can. I'm proud to be a member of your table. Thank you, Jerry. Tribal Chief, $2 Super Chat. JD Hurt Punk coming to WWE. Is it true? Hope not. I don't think so, brother. Not after the uh, Bodyslam.net story that leaked. He wouldn't shake William Regal's hand and told him that he doesn't trust him and thinks that he's nothing more than a Triple H stooge. How don't you lo- how, how don't you respect William Regal? You can do it from his couch. I mean, I mean, if you talk about reckless. Oh, my I, goodness. I don't understand. The, I don't understand these. Here's what I don't understand. Tony Khan gave Punk everything. Gave him a platform. Gave him the biggest contract. Gave him his own show. Um, he went through what he went through. What he went through with the elite. Forgave him. Brought him back. Redeemed him. Try to keep. Tony Khan has been nothing but a CM Punk fan. And there's people acting like, 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 like AEW did Punk wrong, bro. They tried to give this man everything. They brought him back. They gave him everything he wanted, and somehow that wasn't enough. Man, to keep his attitude in check. It's crazy, man. You know, when when Punk had his match against Darby, right? On that show, we got Adam Cole and Brian Danielson making their debuts for AEW. And, and William Regal came in later that year, right? If I'm not mistaken. So it's amazing to me how there is so much of a difference between the human Brian Danielson and the human CM Punk. I figured they were they were very good friends and they came from the same fucking place and they cut from the same cloth it's like punk doesn't want to shake william regal's hand brian is in the company as well you would figure that punk would see brian acting you know all you know fucking just like a normal human being and he shows respect and and punk is acting this way to william regal like yeah like i I don't i don't really get the the differences between you know how brian acts and, and punk acts like don't you think Punk would look at Brian as a locker room leader and want to fucking model himself off off that as well and be like that as well? Like, what what, what what's with the attitude? What the fuck, dude? He did him wrong. He did. Punk did nothing wrong. Everybody, it's everyone else's fault but Punk's. Punk should. Punk did nothing wrong. He Punk should be praised. Punk, but what the fuck is wrong with people? What is wrong with people, man? Yes, there was a report, guys, earlier uh, tonight from Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net that CM Punk and William Regal had uh, a thing. And and this is something that I guess the the committee that Tony Khan hired looked at. You know, this is just uh, an ongoing problem. He when William Regal came in, he didn't want to shake William Regal's hand. He disrespected William Regal, told him to basically fuck off and said he's nothing more than a Triple H stooge. Nope. He didn't trust these him. people. Where is he? 
false accusations guy. He will blame Regal for that. He'll blame the committee for that. He'll blame TK for that. He'll blame it. Punk has never done anything wrong. And it's all a big conspiracy to get Punk out because whatever fucking reason they want to think of. These people are fucking delusional, man. They don't even they don't even see it. They don't even it's, see it. It's a, it's amazing, man. It's uh, let them I, let them run a comp let let them own a company as big as this and have this guy just fucking shitting on it from the inside and let them keep eating it. You know, now it's your money involved. You keep eating that shit. Yeah, all these stories you hear, man, you know, it, it's it's gonna be one of those situations where he's where everybody's glad he's not gonna be there anymore. Like really? who wants really? that? As a fan, why do you want to read that? Why do you want to hear that? Even if you say say you think you're right in everything you think punk, but the roster does not want him there anymore. You rather have him there pissing off the whole roster just so you feel happy? The locker room's not happy. The like, company like, can, no can, can you imagine how respected William Regal was when he walked into that locker room by everybody else? And then the leader that Punk is supposed to be is not shaking his hand and says, fuck him. It's nothing more than a Triple H stooge. I don't trust you being here. Like, can you imagine the precedent that sets in the locker room? Like, who the fuck do you think you are? Who the fuck did he just walked in big league and everybody? Who the fuck you? Like, you just he, got here, bro. He should be happy that this company is willing to give him a new platform with all the money that he's getting and just take advantage of it. Just do you. Do you see Moxley and Brian involved in this drama like this? Or do they just do their fucking work and go home? Yeah. And it's still here. Loved by the fans and their peers. Yeah. Uh, Edward Liu with a 499 was on the fence uh, with All Out, but glad I paid. TK proved that one man does not make AEW looking forward to Wrestle Dream. Do we hear Metalingus there? Uh, I don't know, man. <coughs> I don't know. I do think we hear Metalingus in AEW, though, eventually. Uh, Gotham guy with a $5 super chat. Jesse. Please thank the city of Chicago for not hijacking the pay-per-view and allowing the show to move forward, evolve, and tell stories beyond CM Punk. They got their, look, from all accounts that I could see, um, Chicago is just about 50-50. Pretty much represents the internet. Um, they had the CM Punk chants, and then they had the CM Punk ch- uh, sucks chants. They had the awesome chant of Cry Me Your River at the United Center tonight. It's like, oh, cry me a river. Dude, it it was hilarious. It was fun. But at the end of the day, dude, Chicago fans will get past this by the next time they come back. Man. They really will. I'm telling you, TK, if Jack Perry's coming back to television, he needs that song by Justin Timberlake. I mean, get, yo, get him cry me a river. Come man. On. You want to heal heat? There you go. There you go. Uh, 21, thank you again, brother, for the 100 in Super Chat. True Exposure with a $1 Super Chat, no message. Jarrett Howard with the two. You could have COVID flu, and COVID symptoms are similar. I got the flu, bro. Thank you. Mike Lee with a $5 Super Chat. Brian Danielson saved this show for me. JD Jesse is correct. Moxley should have beaten Orange Cassidy for the international title. Oh, Jesse, Jesse times 10 Jesse Infinity. <laughs> it got weird at the end. Uh, uh, like, oh, uh, man, thank you. I, I, don't, okay. I don't know, uh, man. Jesse Townsend. Okay. What? Ooh. 
Jared Howard with a $2 Super Chat. One way you know you have COVID if you have a mean headache. I got no headaches, brother, so no COVID. Uh, Zay the Legend with a 199. Jay White in front of the collision poster. Jay White's a beast, brother. I love Jay White. Francis Loop with a $10 Super Chat. Let's make Adam Page the new face of collision. Bring in Adam Copeland to be the new leader of the exalt, uh, the new leader, exalted one of the Dark Order. Build up Malachi Black and Brody King as the main event level tag team. No. We're not bringing in Adam Copeland to be the leader of the Dark Order. <laughs> Fuck out of here. He's going right I to Christian Cage. I love it. He's going to partner with him or feud with him. Adam Page, the new face of Collision. I'm sure he'll be on Collision. There won't be any people being banned from the show anymore, I'll tell you that. Yeah, really. How are you going to ban the fucking head of talent relations? Ridiculous. So fucking stupid. And we're going to ban and It was confirmed gonna... that he'd had a, he had a performance contract and an employee contract. Oh, which yeah? def- definitely. Yeah, we knew that I mean, already. Yeah, what else is he going to do as an, as an employee other than management, though? You know, was he breaking down the ring every night? Probably not. Probably not. Scorpio Prince with a $2 super chat. He says, meat to meat. Yes, lots of meat in that Miro and Powerhouse Hobbs match. Oh, I forgot to do, uh, I forgot to do the Powerhouse. There you go. Uh, Zay the Legend, 199. Also, Keith Lee is officially on collision. Is he? Awesome. Great. Get him on TV. Cam G, thank you for the 100 in Super Chat earlier, brother. Really appreciate you, as always. MGM Bolin with a 499. Jesse and I are loaded off the tears of punk stands. I love it. Tonight was way better than I thought it would be. Very happy with AEW at the moment. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy this weekend poking fun at all of the, the punk stands. But to be honest with you, I cannot wait to just get back to regular wrestling without this guy. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm just, I'm just giving you guys shit right now because you guys gave me shit on Twitter. But after tonight, I'm done with this. Yeah, the wrestling, the, the wrestling news feeds are gonna be pretty dry when all this shit goes away, huh? Can't wait, man. Just dry, full of nothing but wrestling news. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be back to reporting about fucking uh, Becky Lynch and her. Uh... <laughs> Here, here's one for you to complain about. TK says he hopes to get Jay Cargill back soon. So there you go. There you go. No comment. There you go. No comment. Uh, Lucky Gio with a 499. What's up, guys? I hope you're feeling better, JD. What do you guys think? Uh, what do you guys think is next for Kenny? Those losses are adding up. I don't know. It's uh, obviously good. becoming a story. Yeah. Something with the, the Callis family, man. We'll see. Uh, Thomas with the $20 Super Chat. JD, get well. Congrats to Tony Khan for growing a pair. Jack Perry's talk of real glass and Crimea River was hilarious. My new name is, my new name for CM Punk is CM Prick. Tony Storm can storm my Tony anytime. Okay. All right. Jesse, dollars for your kids. Thumbs up emoji. There we go. Appreciate that. I got kids, man. Phil with the 21 months. Man, TK proved once again why he's Mr. Pay-Per-View. The main event was insane. Brian made Starks a superstar. The venue was rocking after a great show. OTS for life. Thank you, Phil. 21 the with the... 80, the 80 that I benched right before I benched him was saying, oh, I was, I was talking shit about Punk. Then he said, oh, nice hat. Okay, so he wasn't here that 
to hear that I own like three CM Punk shirts, the ice cream wrapper, and the ticket stubs from the first dance. That all care. he sees is the one elite head. They go, it goes in one ear and out the other. Yeah, out there. I mean, this they want to hear what they want to hear. They are so they're sheep. They're fucking mm-hmm. sheep, man. I deal with so, it every. I deal with it every day. The people want to hear yep. what they want to hear. Yep. Instead of going back and actually listening to the fucking content, taking us out of context or thinking we said something when we never said it, go back and watch the fucking show, man. Nope. Uh, hey, JD, let's say in another dimension we had a WWE AEW Forbidden Door. What would be the match that you would like to see? Says 21 with a 499. MJF and Roman Reigns. Um, I don't know if I want that or Kenny with Roman. I don't know. Kenny Roman? I'd probably put Kenny versus, uh, I don't know, maybe Kenny versus AJ. Kenny versus Seth, maybe. I'd rather see MJF and Seth. Yeah. 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 And give me Roman and Brian Danielson versus Gunther. Did we get that? Did we? No. Did we? No? No. Okay. Lucky Geo, thank you for the four ninety nine, brother. Trying to send my TikTok page so you guys can please check it out, but the super chat doesn't let me. Is there any other way I can send it to you? Uh, I don't know, bro. Um, I don't think uh, YouTube does the link thing in the links. super chats. I think YouTube has gotten rid of links because of fucking spam and uh, scammers. Honestly. We can do links. You guys can't. Yeah. Uh, M. Scarata with a $2 Super Chat. TK had a coffee too much today. I haven't had a coffee in fucking three days, man, because I've been sick. TK sound like he up there eating Mindy's fucking cupcakes or something. Man. I don't know. Uh, Kid Revos with a $10 Super Chat. I'm not surprised Tony said that. He always gets praised for his pay-per-views no matter what. And no matter how much he gets called out for his lack of story building, he has no incentive to build story anymore. All right, so so he's going to rely on his roster to put on a great pay-per-view, and then he's going to take a back seat to not tell any story because of his roster basically pulling him out of a fucking hole? Like, you got to show up for work, bro. Well, we do tell story. We tell this, we tell that. We tell... Look, if it was a good story, we'd be here praising it. Yeah. So if there is something there, it must not be very good, man. MJF and Cole, good shit. Good shit. Thumbs up. Outside of that, I can't think of anything you're doing worth of any kind of interest, man. No. Uh, Phil with a 999. The comment from TK about not listening to the online audience is while considering he should listen. We give him comments. He listens. So we get great shows. The build is as important as the end result. Yes. We are his core audience. Yeah. OTS Tribal Queen with a 21 months. Amazing weekend, JD and Jesse. Your hard work is appreciated. OTS for life. Golden Mike, here we come. Three months away, Tribal Queen. Scripts with a $5 Super Chat. Hey, JD, personally, my favorite match was the Danielson Starks match. By the way, Mama Scripps is my mom. Great. There we go. Welcome, Mama Scripps. Ty Sloan. Takeshita versus Matt Riddle. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, Ty Sloan with a $1.99. If CM Punk goes back to WWE, hopefully they do it. He's not going back to WWE. No. Joseph, Hope so. Hope so. 
Joseph Tell with a $2 Super Chat. Punk thought he was special when he was overrated. Ty, Ty Sloan, I, I, I don't think he was overrated. I don't think, but I see what he's, I see what he's saying. I mean, and Punk is special because of his name value. And it's possible for him to be overrated. Not saying that he sucked. It's just that TK put him in a totally different stratosphere than he should have been in reality. Yeah. If that makes any sense. So wherever you put Punk in your Punk fandom, TK put him like 15 notches higher than that. That's what would make him overrated. So, you know. Uh, I'm going to answer this question because I see Tony Ace in the chat. Who's got better cake, Rhea Ripley or Sky Blue? Sky Blue, a thousand percent, bro. Oh, man. And Ripley's got some nice cake, bro. Yeah. Um... Ty Sloan with 199. They ex Christian about Edge. He denied the AEW room. Of course he did. He's a fucking prick. You don't have any friends except Luchasaurus. <laughs> the, Jake Caleb, the, the Jake Caleb show in 11 months. Brian said Ricky carried him in their match. I think Brian Probably was just did. being. I think Brian was just being nice, man. Come on. Probably did. I mean, at least as far as keeping him, keeping his um, injured arm safe, maybe he yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. Zay the Legend with a 199. No message. Thank you, Zay. Will Chisholm with a 10. Why don't some AW wrestlers get mad when all y'all do is try to help the company? That's what real fans do when it comes to the women's booking. Some of them, someone told me this week or last weekend in the company that a lot of people listen to what we have to say and they start taking it as personal shots only because they spent their whole lives getting to where they are. You know, this person that told me this, had, he had valid points for both sides. He said, you know, a lot of these guys spend a lot of their time of their whole life into this craft. And just to get some podcaster who thinks they know everything, you know, just, just shoot their shit down and make them feel worthless. But then they said on the flip side, you guys have been watching wrestling for 30, 35 fucking years, you know, each you know what the fuck you like and your opinions pretty much represent the opinions of a lot of other people in the community so it's worth listening to you know but there should be a balance there we need to be more understanding that we're talking about human beings when we critique them there is a balance and he made perfect sense and me and jd talked about it you know it's yeah there is a balance but sometimes yes they do take it a little too personal and yes sometimes we can be dicks yeah i'll admit that uh ty sloan do you think cm punk gets to the hall of fame one day i do I do. Uh, Phil with the nine ninety nine. I wasn't planning to do an all in review for my podcast until up until the point I saw the show. The show proved that life without punk will be all right. Got to keep that grind. I'm on the road to one k OTS for life. You should do the review, Phil. There you go. Uh, Ty Sloan with a one ninety nine. Imagine Brock Lesnar in AEW. No, no, I don't want to imagine Brock Lesnar in AEW. You won't have to. Between UFC and WWE, Brock is. Please. Uh, Will Chisholm with a five. If I told you 15 years ago wrestling fans would love John Cena more now than Punk, I would say that's crazy. Uh, John Cena's a goat. Yeah, man. Ty Sloan with a 199. What if Punk spills the beans on AEW to Vince? He's not going what, there. What beans? Vince doesn't want him there. Neither does that locker room. No, they don't want him there, man. Big German Sausage with a 499. Yo, JD, what if we get Bullet Club Gold as the trio's champs and Jay White as the real world champion? Loving the show, OTS for Life. I love that. Big German Sausage. I love that. 
That's something he has to address too. Is that fucking title that Phil was carrying around? Yeah. Does it just go away, or does he keep it in the play? I don't know. Uh, was that X at the scrum? Maybe we should get Denise to X the hard hitting questions. <laughs> Why this wasn't X at the scrum? Did anybody X Tony Khan about the real world championship? Like, what are we know. doing there, bro? I'm just giving cliff notes on Twitter, and I Fuck didn't see anything here. come up yet. Instead of inviting um, the same fucking people that want to sit there and be like, oh, hi, Tony. <laughs> we got questions here. They took this dude off the cover of the video game, made him a piece in the background. They did so, dude, they gave this guy the world, and then people complained that they fucked him over. Bill did nothing wrong, right? Nothing, nothing wrong. Oh, Tony, Tony, can I ask you a question, Tony? <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Oh, man. Uh, thank you, Jeremy. I like the sound of that, brother. Uh, Zay the Legend with a 499. Christian Cage is the best in AEW. I still cried laughing during his backstage segment with Daughter. Christian's awesome. He's awesome. Thomas with the final Super Chat. Will there be voice Super Chats? Are you guys attending the New York Super Show? Rest in peace, Bright White and Terry Funk. Uh, no, I don't do voice Super Chats like the other podcasts. I think it's lame. I like more of a clean sleek style like a doctor disrespect that's just me I don't like to add uh, funny gifts and whatnot to the show I think it's uh, a distraction you're here for me the fuck you here for a fucking gift for right uh, Joseph Taylor $2 super chat uh, I know uh, with Thomas we're not attending the New York super show uh, Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat JD Jesse today has been 21 years of me watching WWE congrats so sorry Sorry. Will Chisholm with a $5 super chat. The reason I think Tony Khan said that is because he may got that big money deal from Warner Brothers. So he may not feel like he doesn't need to do the long-term booking thing anymore. You know, I find that to be fucking stupid because I feel like if I got that type of money, I would want to work harder to keep that money coming the next time. Uh, Will Chisholm with a $5 super chat. To be fair... WWE wrestlers don't come at y'all, even the women's. Uh, yes, they come after us. Depends yeah. on depends on what night of the week it is. Not me. I don't cover that shit. And 21. Well, they won 99. Father of the Year award goes to Christian Cage. Yeah, it's 2 a.m. It is 2 a.m. and we're getting out of here, man. That was the last Super Chat. All right. 21, thank you, brother. Thank you for the uh, Super Chats. Thank you guys for uh, the incredible support tonight. Uh, we are about to get out of here. Jesse is exhausted. I am exhausted. Uh, we had a great show, a great weekend. We have started September off rocking and rolling, guys. Hopefully my voice is going to be all right to give you guys a couple of extras tomorrow for Labor Day. We're going to try and get some solid sleep tonight. But uh, we had a great show. Great all out. And a great OTS tonight, man. Anyway, Jesse, uh, anything before uh, we get the hell out of here? Any closing words? Good night. Let's get back to our normal wrestling weeks. Ooh, week one of the NFL next week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's get it, man. I want to play some Destiny and grind some Crota tomorrow.
I gotta get all that shit done before the reset. Oh yeah. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you guys very much. Hit that thumbs Happy up. Happy Labor Day. Happy Labor Day. Enjoy yourselves. Take it easy. Have a cold beverage on me or for me because I can't drink. I'm fucking ill. But uh, I will see you guys tomorrow night. Monday Night Raw. We'll be back for Monday Night Raw live right here on OTS. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Follow Jesse at Town Smart on Twitter. Hit that thumbs up. We got 1,000 likes. Thank you guys very much for all your support. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications and go check out all the other content on the channel. Plenty of content for you, especially that CM Punk emergency stream from the other day. Go check that stuff out. Until tomorrow, guys, I'll have some extras for you, and I'll see you live back here on OTS for Monday Night Raw. See you guys later. Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.